Zelda in Fote Podcast. Bum, 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 bum. Hey everybody, welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast. My name is Adam, and here is the news from this week. Feeling ripped off only minutes into purchasing a game on Steam? Good news, the online retailer will now allow refunds in some cases. And after years and years of waiting, Fallout 4 has finally been announced by Bethesda with a trailer having been released on Wednesday. And in an IGN-exclusive, XCOM 2's creator gave more information on the sequel to the hit game XCOM Enemy Unknown. We also have word that a Mega Man TV series is in the works. And plenty of information was released on some new titles and plans for E3 in a somewhat quietly released Nintendo MicroDirect, starring Bill Trennan, or as he preferred to be called, Micro Bill Trennan. Sony has announced that Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection, will be released on October 7th in the UK and October 9th in the US, and includes the Uncharted 4 beta, but only the single-player campaign of all games. All this happened this week and more. Thanks everyone for who emailed in this week and submitted your topics. That opening theme was brought to us by Brendan. As always, you know, he brings us such cool songs every week. Uh, I really want to feature the Reggie Informer one again sometime. Uh, <laughs> once again, my name is Adam, and this week I'm joined by... I'm Jake, and over the last two days I got a Martha Meta Knight amiibo for MSRP, so I'm going to ride this high tonight. <laughs> I'm Caleb, and I've still given up on amiibo. I respectfully agree with you. I'm Warchamp7, one of the lead developers for Project M and head admin for Smashboards and Squidboards. But we're just going to call him Champ. Hi. I'm going to call him War7. But what are your <laughs> stance on Amiibo? I have three of them next to me, and they are amazing. Dude, I have them next to me too. <gasps> we're like soulmates. No, like they're actually next to me because I'm a man-child. I'm no, just mine, too, mine, mine too. Mine too. Mine. Hey, Jake. Right here. Yes. You want to know my stance? What? Counterposto. <laughs> art history Follow jokes. You with your I'm art quitting history this podcast days. right now. Goodbye. Audience. I'm taking an art history class and I want to die. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the news this week. <laughs> we can only start. We can only go up from there. Um, That's not true. Counterposto <laughs> wow. is a sculpture form for all of you. Uh, you art history noobs out there. It's where you're like leaning on one leg and the other one's kind of limp. Video games. Anyway, video games. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to keep talking. It's like as I was saying it, video I was Video games. Like, <laughs> Caleb. Caleb. Adam, get into it. Such sass. Um, did you guys see the Nintendo MicroDirect? Yes. Time? I did. Yep. What did you guys think? It was uh, first thing I saw. voice was very annoying. I'm oh, really yeah. I didn't use it the it whole was, time. It was so, like, hammy, sort of, like, cheesy, like, my first video editing thing. <laughs> I'd like Nintendo to stop trying to make memes and just make some s stuff to show me games. <laughs> but then Reggie would be out of a job. Well. <laughs> That's why he's not on camera anymore. He's too busy behind the scenes writing these epic Meme scripts. He's right. It's true. He's a wonderful man. Though. Um, wow, that new, that new Chibi-Robo looks pretty cute. Uh, it doesn't really look like any of the other... I've never played one before, but it doesn't really look like it's true to the form, but it looks Yeah, fun. no. I... I... I, from what I remember, I don't think so either. Um, the thing that I noticed, and I it's think... It's very generic platform. I want to get into that, but the first thing that I noticed immediately was... Um, that, And everyone else on the internet seemed to get kind of caught up about was the fact that uh, Chibiro was getting an amiibo. And everyone was kind of like, so this is where it ends. <laughs> this is... We've reached that point where it's too much. <laughs> I don't think anyone really needed a Chibi Robo amiibo. 
by any means. But why are we complaining about it? I'm not complaining. It's just like they didn't. They weren't kidding when they said pretty much every game is going to get an amiibo. Yeah, but I don't see a downside to that. There are toys for characters that would never get toys. This is true. Yeah, it's it's, Uh, it's nice for merchandising, but yeah. And if you don't want them, don't buy them. Yeah. I've never played Chibi Robo. It's a it's kind of a niche game. I feel like not in that it's like it's like hard for people to get into, but it's more that not many people have played it, but the people that do really like it. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely got a cult following, especially the first one. I don't know so much about the later ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I really liked about it was that they, his, his attack is the, the electric cord, and it's kind of a whip, and I really miss, like, whip characters. So, like, yeah. Castlevania and stuff. Like, you really have to go back and play, like, Castlevania 2 and 3 to get your, your son and Belmont fix. I have also never played a Castlevania before. Get out. Really? Go away. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Really? Jake, I'm going to let you know, like, this is foreshadowing for me making a lot of enemies on this podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine, you're fine. Oh, uh, okay, we'll see you later. Welcome to episode 39, <laughs> Champ Makes Everyone Hate Him. Champ stops being the champ. <laughs> Honestly, like, as far as Castlevania is concerned in 2015, I, it's not going anywhere. That's true. In a bad But way. yeah. It looked really cool. It had some really cool mechanics with the uh, the extension cord and things like that. The amiibo integration actually seems like it's really cool. Uh, you, you get a kind of like a power boost for your character. He turns into super uh, chibi robo. Super. And I'm re- I'm really hoping that's like a permanent thing, as 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 opposed to being like a like a ten second sort of boost. Um, It'll probably be like a Kirby, yeah, where it would be for one level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Where you just like you have to put it again if you want to use it for another level. Well, it's uh, uh, once a day, I believe. Oh, that's stupid. I don't know. I, I I like more permanent. Like, if there's amiibo functionality, it should mean something without, like, taking things away. For example, uh... Splatoon. In, yeah, we're gonna get into that. Uh, Splatoon, where you actually get missions and things like that. I think that, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, or you get, like, items in other games. Uh, in Smash Brothers, you get to store information to make, like, a custom AI fighter. I think those sort of things really are better. Yeah, things you keep versus temporary boosts. Yeah, I always appreciate that. I, I hate that, like, Mountain Dew double XP experience pack. Yeah, sort I, of thing. I enjoyed getting sick to get higher levels in Halo 4. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Caleb. God. Please drink another verification can. <laughs> I'm sick. Maybe if I drink more, I'll stop. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> they start. They start printing it at the bottom of the interior of the can, so you have to drink the whole thing. Oh that was, my that was God. a reference. I don't know if any of you know it. No, I'm a child. I'm sorry. I don't. Okay. Don't know it. Maybe a listener will. Hopefully, I'll maybe I'll remember later, and I'll like message you and be like, I understand now, <laughs> or I'll be like, I still don't know what you meant. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, but verification can is exactly what a Mountain Dew bottle is nowadays. <laughs> it's a bottle of acid or like floor cleaner that it's, is sold it's as a beverage. literally like condensed stomach acid. Like that's really all it is. With like you lemon lime. You can clean seasoning. drains with that really easily. <laughs> Wait, it's a beverage? Yes, apparently. <laughs> Who knew it doubled as a beverage? I'm sorry to get into a personal discussion. I know people don't like that. But uh, I remember in high school, I actually had a really weird phase where I actually liked Mountain Dew for, like, two weeks. And I remember my parents, like, sitting me down and being like, Adam, we understand that you like soda. We understand that, you know, you like a lot of unhealthy things. It's fine. Just don't drink Mountain Dew. Like, whatever you do, drink as much Coke as you want, drink as much coffee as you want. Just please do not drink Mountain Dew. 
<laughs> like, it is the worst thing you can do. I like do. that your parents specifically said, Son, we know that you like a lot of unhealthy things. <laughs> <laughs> I might be paraphrasing. Okay, I hope you're not. <laughs> oh, Adam's <laughs> <Who knows>? parents. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about something more recent than my high school years. Uh, what have you guys been playing recently? Splatoon. Splatoon? Splatoon. Kids. And I finally 100%ed Smash 3DS, and it was a very empty experience. Why would you do that? How how do you do that? Um, okay, well, first of all, I mentioned last week on the show... Do you have to buy Mountain Dew? <laughs> I mentioned last week on the show that I thought that one of the things you had to do was unlock all the custom items, and you do, but equipment is infinite. Like, every single piece of equipment you get is, like, a random Like Borderlands? One. Yeah, like Borderlands, exactly. And I didn't know that, so for months I was, like, farming equipment pieces, like, oh god, when am I going to get to the bottom of this barrel? And then I found out that it's... There is no bottom. Have. There is no barrel. Check. There is no. There is no <laughs> barrel. I'm just in like this empty chasm of black space. It's just Jeff Keeley in the dark room <laughs> with a bottle of Mountain Dew. <laughs> but I he finished. slowly pours it onto you. Oh, and like you know, I got all the all, all the trophies. I got all the you know, I I beat the vault of all the things, and like all it did was give me a little milestone. Like you did it. It's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. you proud of yourself yet? Great. And then oh. I was like. Like, have you guys seen that World of Warcraft episode of South Park where they're like, uh, where they beat the guy and they're like, "All right, what do we do now?" And he's like, "What are you talking about? We play the game." And so now I just, <laughs> oh yeah, the, the whole goal was to do that, and they finally get it, and there's nothing left to do. And I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess I'll play the game now. I'll mute." I guess I'll Mark. find a main. <laughs> I didn't know people still played the 3DS version. I I, I gotta tell they you, don't. man, I, I really appreciate it because I, I I'm kind of busy these days, so like oftentimes I'm not really at home, so it's just smash on the go. And it, that makes I think sense. It's fine. It's kind of like I like the stages more than the Wii U version anyway. Yeah, yeah. I I think that it's it's for me especially because I don't own a, uh, a Wii U because I can't afford it yet. Um, the 3DS version has been very very helpful to be able to practice and be able to get yeah, the fix. Yeah. Um, you get a, I mean, it's no GameCube controller, yeah. but you get an idea for the physics and stuff. Yeah. I've been cutting to my Smash 4 time recently with uh, uh, an older title for the PlayStation called Suikoden 2, which is a really, really good JRPG. One of the best JRPGs. I was hoping you were going to say PlayStation All-Stars. <laughs> Caleb, we don't talk about that game here. Uh, Can we? Can we, actually? <laughs> <laughs> do you guys really want to talk about this? No. Okay. I mean, I kind of do. I guess we'll save that for later. <laughs> that is the Mountain Dew of the video game world. <laughs> <laughs> What's the diet Mountain Dew then? Uh, the Vita version. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, better for you, like but even fish. less people like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, right, so Suikoden Two. Suikoden Two Sudokin. is actually Sweden Two. Um, it's actually a, um, it's kind of like a Fire Emblem game in some ways, because you have Be these, careful. Um, you have these army scenarios and you can, uh, recruit followers. I think you can recruit over a hundred people to your, to your, like your rebel forces. And it's a story about how, um, there's like a peace treaty going on and something happens and the peace treaty is broken and you're kind of like torn away from your home and you're trying to restore peace to your kingdom. It's a very... It's not. It's kind of a save the world story, but it's a little bit more personal than that. I really like the characters. I really like the combat system, um, and I really like uh, how 
fresh everything is. It's it's surprising to see a game that's from the PlayStation era that's so well crafted and feels like something that was released by an indie studio uh, a couple months ago. Here's the important question, though. What? Can you pet their faces? You cannot pet their faces. Get that <laughs> is there a game where you can? <laughs> there is a game where you can, and it's called Fire Emblem If. If. Really? Yes, you can pet your waifus. Remember that feature in Pokemon, everyone? Yeah, where you, you pet the Pokemon? You can do that with people now. Thanks, Fire Emblem If. That's I scratched I my Squirtle's stomach for like five minutes but waiting wait. for something to happen and nothing happened. You can also pet your husbandos. I mean, you can't do that, but that's not all. You also get to, like, go inside bathhouses, and someone did, like, a translation of what they were saying in there, and one of them was like, yeah. hey, bro, let me scrub your back. And I was yeah. like, oh, man, am I allowed to be watching it this? It was actually really funny. Oh, because, God, uh, a game for me. <laughs> uh, it was actually really funny because the guy who uploaded it, um, first of all, the beginning of the video, like, specifically calls out Game Explain for stealing his videos. Like, <laughs> Game Explain. Please do not steal this without crediting me. I understand that you need it, but show me some support. Oh, yeah, he did. That's right. <laughs> okay, amazing. explain. Get it together, guys. Anyway. I'm kidding. There. Um, it's funny because, like, when that scene is going on, it's like a, it's the, the butler and the maid from the game. I don't, I don't remember their names. No, we don't know their names. or Whatever they are, they're going to be changed when it comes to the States anyway. Probably. Um, but, like... It's like the male bathhouse, and and the butler's talking about it, and the female's just like, I'm not looking, I'm not looking. (laughs) I have a comment about that video. Was anyone else particularly annoyed by that, uh, the maid's voice? I liked it. It seemed way too, like, over the top. It's, that's, that's kind of just Japanese voice actors. Yeah, I guess that's the style. It's it's very, I mean, it's, it kind of tries to make up for the, uh, the lack of movement. It's, it's more radio drama than anything, I think. I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and I, I, I appreciate it, because it's... It's unique. It's kind of like if I, it's kind of like a flavor. It's kind of like a diet Mountain Dew, where you know you, you go to find it. You know you don't just get it from like any sort of place. But yeah, we got a lot of information about Fire Emblem. If uh, there's a whole new system uh, called My Castle, which is really cool, I think, because you get to see all these. Uh, you get to like feed your units and like bond with them a little bit better, and you get to like customize your your castle area as far as I can tell, and like grow plants and things like that. And they fix. I guess that you'd say fix the sort of like traveling system in Fire Emblem Awakening. It's kind of burdensome where, you know, you have like 80 people like scattered across the map from street pass that you have to go and talk to in battle. And like, maybe you get something good from them in this. It's actually a little bit more organized. It seems like, and there's actually a benefit where you can recruit characters as opposed to just like Marth or like uh, some strange person that, you know, well, you, you can't really actually get Marth, for the record, if you have the Amiibo. Yes, you can, if you have the Amiibo. And uh, he, they look really good. They look like they fit in the game yeah. and actually talk. Okay, and that's are... the thing. Go on. Hmm? That's no. the thing that I hated about Awakening, is that they kind of, like, look like they're older, older models. Like, no, they you're not like, wrong. Uh, the, the, they look like fan edits. And with, it was uh, like... with Awakening, and I hate to break illusions for some people out there who bought the DLC, uh, all, the, all the DLC characters, so Roy and Ike and all of them, they were just builds off of the avatar build. So it's like if you went into the avatar, like in the beginning when you're creating your character and you made someone who kind of looked like Roy. When am I going to be able to fight my friends? You fight for your friends. I no. want to fight my friends. Yeah. Ike is disappointed. I don't in care me. about Ike. I want to I kick Ike's butt. He I, is a war champ, Adam. He wants to true. fight his friends. That's true. Let I it. think that... Um, think that maybe you can fight Ike? I, I, I'm not totally sure on that. We fight uh, Ike. Yeah. 
But they, um, did you guys see anything else about Fire Emblem Myth that you really were excited about? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to also say one thing about Awakening that I wanted more of is that you kind of form some empathy for the characters a bit more than you did for any other Fire Emblem game. Right. And, and But the interactions you get to have with them and watch them have are very minimal. They're just like mm-hmm. pre-written, hey, did you do good? Yes, I did good. And they walk away. And now it seems like it, there's a bit more life in them, I guess. Instead and of like, being like, Jake, did you eat the fish? I ate the fish. Fish is good. Walks away. It's more like, <laughs> I hate the climate that this, the envir- that the uh, that our two co- nations have become in- entwined in. And just like, yeah, and shut then, up. Exactly. I mean, two guys will just be like, dude, don't you just hate how like PlayStation All Stars is the Mountain Dew of video games? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, man, that Vita version is Diet Mountain Dew, though. This is gonna be like one of the subtitles of the episode. <laughs> Let's see how long will it take to beat that joke to death. We're I think it's already, already dead. <laughs> I think I think it was before we started recording. <laughs> um, see, I'm staying yeah. blind to this game. I don't want to see anything. That's that's fair. Um, see, Awakening had it had some decisions you had to make. I'm not going to spoil any of them, obviously, but it had it had some tough decisions. Yeah, it was weird when the alien showed up. It had some tough decisions, <laughs> and then they show the trailer for Fire Emblem If, and it's like. You gotta make the biggest decision in any Fire Emblem game ever. You gotta pick your side. You gotta pick your bloodline yeah. or the people you know. And it's like, I, I can't do that. I'm gonna have a nervous yeah, breakdown. Like, uh, they made that like the first decision. Like, hey, who's gonna die? Yeah. <laughs> these guys or these guys? And it's like, I can't do that. Like, str- I choose myself. <laughs> That's actually gonna be an option. Like, what if uh, you murder all of your friends? You're just, you're just playing through the game and you'll just, you'll just be going and you'll just be like, I gotta make it, I gotta make this. You know, uh, one thing I thought <laughs> yeah. really weird about the you game... You open it and you're like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> you know, one thing I did find pretty weird about it, though, is that um, they said that the Hoshido, like the very peaceful country, is supposed to be Japan, and then the, the Nor, like the people that want to take it over, is America. <laughs> they actually said, like, it's inspired by the West, and Hoshido is supposed to be Japan. I'm like, what kind of propaganda are you guys trying to make here? Oh, there's such there's such propaganda in the Japanese games. It's like they're the most xenophobic people I've ever seen. It's kind of astounding, and that's not to insult them. That's just like a that's just a cultural thing when it comes to their products. No, no, they're they're very culturally prideful people. Like that's, that's and that's really fine. Hard. It's just it's it's very interesting when you notice it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like <laughs> in the U.S. we're more willing to just be like this country's terrible. In our, in our media, like in our entertainment. Yeah, in fact, I, all the time. <laughs> anyway. Um, our sodas suck too. <laughs> they sure do War Champ 7. Well, your sodas suck. I'm Canadian. I get to kind of distance myself. You're North myself. American. Oh, you're one of those lucky people. <laughs> okay, you're okay. Part- I, I hate to derail the conversation, but give me some Canadian soda. I, I want to I wanna know what I'm missing out on. Alright, I'm going to tell you something that makes a lot of people angry every time they find out about it. All right, let's so here, we have a brand of soda called Crush. They make a few different like oh I know Crush. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, we know yeah Crush. they make a few different brands. So they make they make Orange Crush, which is just mm-hmm. like orange soda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make Grape Crush, which is comes in a purple can, and then they make Crush Root Beer, which comes in a pink can. Interesting. And so many people get extremely upset when I tell them and show them it comes in a pink can. <laughs> Doesn't Why? make sense. Do they do they have like this? Do, do, like do they have a a thing against pink cans or? I, I don't know. They just get irrationally upset by that, I guess. 
I'm like Caleb like about everything. I would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or not root beer. I'm so sorry. Uh, cream soda. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a little the, bit more sense. Little, yeah, I but I would imagine something like a tort- sort of cream color. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, I don't know why it bothers people. I mean, you guys seem to have survived this one, but... Yeah, that's true. No, nah, we'll, we'll live to, to fight another day after hearing this. <laughs> but you won't be able to fight your friends, because that's still not a feature in Fire Emblem. <laughs> I feel ripped off. <laughs> Post Adam here just to say that you can fight your friends in Four Swords Adventures. So, um, guys, uh, unless Adam, do you, do you have uh, something you want to say? Um, I was... Un- I'm not sure if whether I want to talk about Splatoon first, or the Fallout 4 stuff, or... Yeah, let's talk about Splatoon, because I'm assuming... Taylor, you've been playing Splatoon recently. That's the oh game you've been boy, have I! Yeah, I've seen all your posts on Twitter. <laughs> Everywhere, ink sonas make me uncomfortable. I like the green ink. It reminds me of Mountain Dew. <laughs> Can I get up hey. and leave? <laughs> you know what? I would be mad at you, but you're not wrong. It is actually the color of Mountain Dew. Actually, oh my god, it is a light green color. Is the exact I, I have color the squid amiibo in front of me. He is Mountain Dew green. Stop telling him I, that he's bright. Yeah. You, should, <laughs> you should name him no, Jeff Keeley. He's not wrong, Calv. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, um, I, I think you can rename the Amiibos once you set their name. Please name him Jeff Keeley. Yeah. That's another like that's another reason I'm not going to be able to hire Fire Emblem decisions. <laughs> I had trouble naming my Amiibo. It's like, you can't use this until oh, you yeah. give it a name. I'm like, I, 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 I gave all mine stupid names. I take an hour to like. I name named my Little Mac Guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, because he's the most like guy guy in the entire game i got the fox amiibo from smash bros as a christmas present and like nice i we had a bunch of people over at some point including like my younger cousins whatever and they're like oh we need an eighth person i'm like here we'll we'll make the amiibo play and it's like set a name and i was like i was gonna put something really stupid and probably offensive on this but now (laughs) there's kids around and i can't so i named him fox (laughs) (laughs) you know there's actually a character in swigaden 2 that looks exactly like fox mcleod his name is gengen he's a terrible unit so every time he does something wrong, I'm like, hey, Einstein, I'm on your side. Because you're Flaco. Yeah. Your day. Anyway. Splatoon um, <laughs> happens. Splatoon. Um, let's talk about that. Uh, there's been a growing online scene for this. I, as soon as this game came out, I feel like there was a, an Im- incredible explosion of just like people wanting buttons. this game to be competitive. Nintendo wanting this game to be competitive. Everybody was like hooked on it. People wouldn't stop playing it for a long time. Some people died. Um... I'm kidding about that one. I died. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, you now run the online competitive scene for Splatoon, in a way, with uh, Squidboards. Yeah, it's not just competitive. It is It is for all discussion of, of Splatoon. Of course, of course. But I think it's it's important to have these sort of, like, centers for, like, information to have an online scene, or a competitive scene. Absolutely. For these sort of games. And it- I think that it's good that you're doing it because you have a background with Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, so we definitely we come from a history of knowing this type of thing. So mm-hmm. that's definitely a boon going into this. And it's been really great just to see the, the a lot of the things the community has done in such a short amount of time, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also been uh, re- really amazing to see Bill Trennan and Nintendo of America actually tweeting about and linking to Squidboards. That has been really? the coolest thing that's come out of this, I think. Uh, that must be kind of a different experience with how, you know, Project M has has dealt with in the past, you know, where it kind of feels like you guys kind of have to be kind of ignored as a, by the company that you are based on. Yeah, it's 
rough to put it like simply, but a lot of, I learned a lot of people, they get really upset about that kind of thing and they really shouldn't because it's kind of like the lesser of two evils for that. Right. Right. It's like, like we could be ignored and, you know, it, you know, it could be awful. We'd have to be struggling to, you know, get our big tournaments, whatever, and, you know, getting our content mm-hmm. out there, blah, blah, blah. Or we could just not exist. Yeah, that's true. And that, like that, that's, that's not preferable. So, no. you know, I think a lot of people, it's, it's a misplaced hate, especially when they like direct it towards people within the Smash community. When you, like 99 times out of 100, it's something that's out of their hands, to be perfectly honest. So like, do you mean blaming like players or like, I mean, uh, like, I mean uh, actual I mean, devs? I mean, like when streamers, you know, make a new channel just for PM or like when, uh, VG Bootcamp stopped streaming oh, yeah, again, and, pe- and people Where... got super mad at them. And it's like, you know, you guys realize it probably wasn't like a decision they wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's really silly when we see stuff like that. It's gotten better. People are kind of starting to learn that, you know, these are, these are things that are out of their hands and we just have to keep doing our best as a community. And it, we've been seeing that and it's awesome, actually. Right, right. Um, so, if I may ask, what are your thoughts on Splatoon just as a game? It mm-hmm. is fantastic. I are you a squid? I am a squid and a kid. No, you can't be really? both. You choose one. I am. I'm a squid. You're a that's, you're a kid or a squid both together. No, I'm a squid. I'm a squid kid. I refuse. A I'm squid kid. You're squid kid. Yep. He's squid kid. I just screwed that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm referencing SpongeBob. He, she, me. Dude, Spon- all it is is just me versus like SpongeBob memes. All it really memes. is, and it's fantastic. But, but that's Sponge- I don't mind it. <laughs> but that is SpongeBros territory. So back off, Splatoon. Back off. I personally like the game. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It feel it has incredible game feel, especially like when you're swimming around in the ink. Like it just feels really right. Like you have a lot of movement. I was thinking the movement was going to be really annoyed, uh, or like really annoying, like. Switching in and out of modes. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think, it but like it's so weak. seamless. Like, mm-hmm. I just dolphin jump everywhere. And uh, I'm going to say I'm not terribly crazy about, like, the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's got that 90s Nickelodeon. It has a power. very Jet Set Radio sort of vibe to it. Like, it's trying to be Jet Set Radio, but for kids. Yeah, but on the other hand, it did give me my new favorite Nintendo character, Krusty Sean. I uh, love him. The old man. <laughs> Nah, Krusty Sean is like he's the best thing since KK Slider. Who is Krusty Sean? He he's a shrimp who wears shoes on all of his feet. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I love him. And his name is supposed to be Crustacean. I love Krusty Sean. <laughs> he also yeah, he also game. wears like a designer jacket that's supposed to look like a fried shrimp. You, it's very it's interesting how much of a J-pop influence this game sort of has. Like it's it's very yeah, Kelly mu- and Mari are very. It's it's very much a Japanese sort of pop culture game, and it's, it's it's kind of interesting how successful it is in the U.S. I'm actually really curious to see how this affects sort of trends on fa- the fashion front, especially in the geek community, which always has sort yeah. of an interesting sort of uh, uh, fashion sense. I'm wondering how that'll affect those sort of things. You um, know, I I really think the game like the designers. I think it's what they think the West was like, like in the '90s, and they tried to really like build off of that. And kids. I mean, yeah, everybody's yeah. everybody's wearing like sneakers and beanies and stuff. Kind of feels. I think I it's what they thought we were. 
uh, and obviously, like, they just put that sort of on acid, and, you know, it has a lot of Japanese stylisms to it. I, I mean, Callie and Mari are as J-pop as it gets. Yeah. And it's great. And weird music. Is it just music? The music is not great. It's like I they... actually love the music. That theme song is bad. It's it's not bad. It's just, like, the music tries to be... It, it's, like, it's clear that they're trying to be other songs like there are other songs that they heard that they liked a lot and they wanted to emulate those songs that final boss but track is so i i hear good. that song is really good but i haven't beaten the game yet I've been oh my god it it's so good it's good that <laughs> fight itself is also really good it's it's really good i i am going i'm gonna go as far as to say that the final boss fight in splatoon is the most fun boss fight i have ever played in my life wow really that's that's intense that is a totally fun boss it's a good boss it literally throws like every mechanic Caleb, in the game at you and you, you have can't to use like it to the win. video game you're right it's not metroid i have my issues with it but <laughs> i like it yeah i, I mean I, like i said the environment and the the general uh, atmosphere of it i'm not crazy about but it's a fun game i'm glad i picked it up i don't think it was worth 60 dollars though if i'm being honest uh, i feel like the content's a little bit I don't because you got to think Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, Splatoon are all sixty dollars, and two of those feel a little bit more sixty dollar ish than the other. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Tropical but... Freeze was fifty, and it it felt very very you know massive. Let's oh, see. I agree. Well, Completely. here's the thing: when it comes when it comes to games, I am absolutely primarily like a multiplayer gamer. Like I'll play. I like I'm a PC gamer and a Nintendo fanboy, so I love stuff like Dota. I play League of Legends, Here's the Storm, Counter-Strike. I'm all about my multiplayer games. And I'll I'll enjoy a single-player thing from time to time from, like, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spl- yeah. So Splatoon being, like, a Nintendo multiplayer primary game, that's, like, a dream come true for me. So I had no it's problem... like, unheard of. Yeah, and I had no problem paying full price with for that, which I will mention, as a Canadian, our money, as I affectionately refer to it as crap bucks right now, uh, <laughs> it was $80 for me. Oh. oh my god! I know in Australia some of those some of these games are close yeah, to hundred. Yeah, Australia is about the same. It's awful. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was still worth it. God. So you got the three pack of the uh, the squids. That is another fun story that I don't know if I can cram into this podcast, but uh, I did not pre-order cram them. Uh, I went to pick up my pre-order from EB Games. I got there. Mm-hmm. They did not have any bundles. They said they didn't even know it existed. My my friend who. Well, operates. My friend who operates an independent game store says that EB Games likes to play coy about Amiibo stuff because they hate dealing with them. So that might have just been yeah, a lie. Yeah. They didn't get Honestly, any. I, they didn't I get any bundles. Yeah. None of the stores in those areas got any Amiibos. I I went to and called every store that I could in the area, and this mm-hmm. is this is like the suburban area near me because I live a half an hour away in some crappy little town. And on my way home after picking my game, I had kind of. Uh. I don't know the word I want, but I kind of accepted the fact I wasn't getting the three-pack. I decided mm-hmm. that just for funsies, I was going to call the local Walmart that is in my town. And lo and behold, they were shipped one three-pack of Amiibos, and they had not unboxed it and put it on the shelf. What? Really? They got so one? They got one. And I asked, I asked the lady I, I spoke to. I thought they were really to, trying to push these. That... Can you hold that for me? No. And she said yes. No No product should sell. No. No. One? <laughs> one? They got one. No. No. They got one. And I asked her to I'm hold it. I'm putting my and foot in... down. 
they no. had they had it unboxed it and put it on the shelf, which is probably the, the only reason they still had it. Oh, it must and have been the, really hard to open that tiny little box had one product in it. Ooh. In the ten minutes it took me to go from where I was to that Walmart and while that three pack was like sitting on the counter behind like some other boxes with like a sticky note on it saying it was for me, two people asked for it. Oh God. So I, I really lucked out, and I, I got the bundle. A whole three people asked for a product. Crazy that a store didn't have three of a product. Do you, do you guys mind if I share my story about it, too? It'll be very, very quick. I'm really it's, mad. It's interesting. You can say whatever you want Did now. they I'm get just, like, shipped more than this. one? Sure am glad I stopped caring a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped caring, but this made me mad. No, so I... Okay, so I... I managed to get Jigglypuff and Greninja by camping out, but that's a, that's a totally different story. As far as the Inkling three-pack was concerned, the next day, uh, Lyre and I went to a mall because we heard there was going to be this Asian cultural festival there, and we are like, okay, that's cool. I've, I've never gone to one of those before. Let's check it out. It wasn't good. It, uh, it was kind of <laughs> scary, actually. Oh, yeah. It's like, imagine I tried to have a Persian cultural mm. festival, and it was just me and my cousin singing karaoke in a mall. No, I I know. <laughs> I've been to one because my friends took me to one. I think the only thing good about it was like, that we watched Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> so we were there, and it was just, it was kind of lackluster. And, you know, I, yeah. Uh, so we, there was a game. Look, we found the one local Asian man. <laughs> also, a guy tried to sell me gold. He walked up to me. I don't, he was a part of the festival because he, yeah, he, uh, he most certainly was not part of the festival. He was not an Asian man. And uh, he walks up to me. He gets right up on my face. He's like, hey, you like gold? And I'm like, uh, no, thank you, sir. So I run into the GameStop to get away from him. The gold had the word Asian written on it. <laughs> Made in Asia. Okay, and he misspelled Asia. Uh, that voice was so good. <laughs> so I run into the GameStop with Lyra. Uh, and we happened to see one of the three packs there, and like it was the only one on the shelf. I was like, huh, you know, I was thinking about getting that. I may as well get it. So I got it, and like I thought they were going to be really common because Nintendo's really pushing huh. the game. Uh, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Adam. That was the perfect response. Uh, so I managed to just get one on a whim, and uh, so I, I want to thank that guy for scaring me into a GameStop <laughs> at a at a very bad Asian culture. Maybe festival. that's why he scared you. As soon as you like turn away, he's like, you get that that squid amiibo. He just listened uh, to the. That, yeah. that man was planted there by Nintendo. <laughs> that man was built for an All he wanted was to ask you. If you were <laughs> he was terrible. He was just. Still, Trinan tried to sell me gold. <laughs> okay, so so I, I all right. So that was my story. All right, Adam, what is what is next for us to talk about? Uh, did you have? Any, did you guys have any final thoughts on Splatoon before we switch subjects? Yeah, Good it's, game. It's Go real play fun. It. Uh, if if you want to get it used. I can't blame you for wanting it a little bit cheaper, but I will say it's a great game. Don't like, don't be afraid to try something new. It's very different, but it's worth your time. Let me switch weapons mid-match so I can stop getting stuck in a four-roller game and losing all the time. Oh, that's annoying. Oh yeah, the snipers are terrible. Fix uh, it. You don't unless need, you're in you range don't need King precision in a game about covering up a place. Uh, unless you're playing King of make, the Hill. Make them more useful. Make attacking your opponents more meaningful no, at least don't make me have to charge it then they're, like they're good for that, different then. uh things like king of the hill they're just not great for like the basic so most of the game they're just game. terrible for most of the game i mean don't you can't make them better for the rest of the game because then they'll be like overpowered well for just what they're good at already you need you really need to be able to aim to use the charger like if you can't aim it is an awful weapon if you are 
like three three sixty no scope. It is an amazing <laughs> weapon. Did you see that they're adding another weapon, the NES Zapper? Yeah. It's already in actually. It is. It is. Yeah, it was a few days ago. Uh, I it was, was the... a little skeptical because it was locked on the disc, but they released it for free, so I was like, all right, whatever. I, I, yeah. Oh, Jake, you wanted to talk about that, didn't you, with the Amiibo? Uh, about what specifically? You have to refresh the my challenges. Memory. The locked content. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I obviously am a fan of Amiibo. I'm looking at my wall right now and questioning my life decisions and where my money goes. And, um, As am I. I. I even like their functionality. We were talking earlier. You know, a game like Smash Brothers, it, it works very well. A game like Mario Kart is harmless. You just get in some Yoshi, costumes you get erasers. little cute outfits. And Yoshi, you get adorable. Adam, you just said Yoshi and cute in the same. Well, you series. get other characters that aren't Yoshi. So <laughs> you get a little. Ike it's Yoshi like Yoshi trying to be a character that's good. It's nice. Oh, Adam, you have so much to learn. <laughs> but anyways, I live uh, and learn, so... Jake. I live and learn. Hanging on the edge of tomorrow. Hang- yes. Okay. Uh, so anyways, I was a little annoyed with Splatoon because now they're starting to veer into the territory of we're going to really, really try to pull you in with these by holding back content. Mm-hmm. Not not MacGuffins, content. So there's like 60 missions that are locked across three separate figures. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> hold on, Cal. Hold on, Cal. And, uh, no, that's me. That was it's not me. That was War Champ. Oh, okay. Do you do you have an interjection? Yes. I like how if I was the one that wanted to interject, it's hold on. <laughs> but when War wants to interject, it's oh please go oh, on. You've broken my heart a million times about going to that concert with me. I don't care. The audience doesn't need to know about this. <laughs> you need to know about it. Go on, War Champ. Shut up. It's it's the same missions you've already played. It's just with a different weapon. I mean, it's li- it's it's lit like they did not change a thing. Like they didn't like cater the missions. Like they didn't like put up a little barrier to make it a little bit different, so that you have to use the roller in a really ingenious way to get past that that you would normally be able to use a splatter shot for. It's literally the the exact same levels with a different weapon. You're you're not wrong about that, but you got to admit it is actual like content. It it does lengthen the overall experience of the game that you just don't get to do because you they just as easily you just as easily could have had those. Okay, had, uh, had those 60 missions, you know? Jake. But, yeah. Key feature here. I, I think it's fair to draw the line at significant content. Where you, When you start to lock stuff behind significant content, for example, Fallout 3 did a terrible thing with their uh, Brotherhood of D- Steel DLC, uh, oh, yeah. where the end of Fallout 3, there is a permanent ending or a uh, like an endless sort of ending that you can have if you get the DLC. And that's an issue. When you make the game... It, like expand like immeasurably by getting DLC that's that's locking behind significant content so in this case do you think that those extra missions because uh champ just said that it was a um something more along the line of you know the same missions that you had just like different weapons do you think it was significant content still you know, I guess I'd say I'd be a little less annoyed by it if there weren't so many artificial shortages of the thing, so only the lucky few even have access to this. Right. Because now it's just stuff you just... Adam, get Splatoon. You're not going to be able to get those 60 missions because you're not going to find the 3-pack. Yeah, I'm never going to find it. I can't find it. Now. If I didn't want to get it immediately or, like, plan to get it, I will never get it. I will never own those three uh, Amiibo. It may I probably well... won't own most of the Amiibo that I want to get, and I've had to come to ner- terms with that. I mean... It, Caleb said it earlier, you know, the, the coming to terms with, you know, you know, getting over Amiibo. I, I've had to do that because, honestly, the only thing that I've been able to get in any quantity is Kirby. Because 
everything else that I want to get is rare or like difficult to find or like low in stock or just yeah. damaged. There's well, the thing about that is you just need to like get the mindset that I have, and that is they don't want to do a good enough job to make sure that I can buy them, so I'm not going to bust yeah, my, my whole, behind to I, ensure that they get my money in the process. That's my problem. Is I, yeah. The whole process should be, I give you my money, you give me the product. That's it. I shouldn't have to put any extra effort. If I have to put any, any extra effort in, the price should be lowered significantly because yeah. my money is the effort. That is how it works. That is a that is how the system works. I don't enjoy getting attitude from people that I buy these things from anyway because they're also tired of dealing with it. So yeah, I don't yeah, they want are. to put myself. Yeah, retailers in hate Amiibo hunters. They yeah. really hate us because they're tired of dealing with Nintendo. No, no, absolutely. You're because wrong. Nintendo is really abusing them. They sent, ta- uh, champ. You just said they they sent that Walmart. I was told one. That's what I was told. That's insane. That is actually insane. Maybe they got more and they sold them out of the box and they didn't put the last one on the shelf. I don't know. I was told they got one. I'm not surprised to hear one, because I've heard similar stories from every other, like, from places across the board. I've heard, like, people saying that either they get, like, some places will get none when they were promised a couple, or they they, I, they will get a, just, like, two. And in that's their all defense, get. though, that's also just Walmart, and when I picked up the Master Chief collection, I went there at, like, when it opened to get it, I had to stand in line for it, and they only had three copies of it on launch day. Wow. Oh, yeah, God. keep also keep in mind, I live in a very dinky little town. Well, it's not just that. It's the fact that this is happening with every Amiibo that it's an issue. Like, it's yeah, once I tried or twice. to get Lucina, and uh, she was only available, and I'm not kidding, 17 seconds. I was on my phone, my computer, <laughs> wired, trying to help me get it. And the worst part is, we didn't even see her go up, but apparently she was only up for 17 seconds and sold out. And yep. that was disappointing. Amiibo. That's the issue. Is that it's not just one stock shortage at some small town or just one retailer. It's everywhere. Is every place that you could possibly purchase these sort of things, there's a short shortage or it's hard to find. And there's like some towns that get like 18 of them where only one buys them. One person yeah. buys them. And that's it. That's like there's like one in a million of those places. I think my boss happens to live in one of those towns where they have a lot of Amiibo, but nobody buys Nintendo products. So they get, they have a lot of like overstock. Which is to say, uh, they have like four of some amiibo. <laughs> Overstock is four. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, we were. But let's anyway. get back to the original topic about DLC. So okay. Jake, like, you used Mario Kart as an example, where like you scan the amiibo and you get a costume. Okay. Like, would like that's effectively what you get with the Splatoon ones. Like, you get a costume and you get like a weapon skin. Don't those don't those costumes have some sort of a uh perks or attributes to them as well they do yeah they that's do. an issue but that's like that's just a thing in the game like there's there, but isn't okay, that the so multiplayer as well doesn't that also affect the no, online no. there's clothes okay so there's a bunch of clothing in the game and the the perks that are on that gear are completely randomized okay so like getting the ones from the amiibo doesn't really mean anything if the appearance is something that you can only get via the amiibo like you can only get the visual appearance of those uh outfits from doing the amiibos mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that Jake uses an example in Mario Kart where, you know, you scan Captain Falcon, you get Captain Falcon's outfit. Yeah. So, like, if if Splatoon did that, like, I don't know, that it would feel boring. Like, you know, you you buy a squid, you tap it, and you get, you buy you get a, a hat, or you get a hat, a shirt, and some shoes, and a, wep- and a, and a weapon skin. That's the other thing. Like, the weapon skins that Aren't you get from the Amiibos? Like, 
I haven't I haven't made it far enough to unlock the weapons because I haven't beaten the game. But aren't the weapons themselves? They have different stat attributes. Do they not? The ones you get from the amiibos, they're literally carbon copies of existing weapons. It's just that they're styled like the single player, like the hero outfits. I mean, I guess it's really not that bad, all things considered, but I do have worries about this sort of thing. Like, there was, for a little bit, uh, there was this misconception that Yoshi's Woolly World was going to lock away two-player mode. Because, like, on the on the bottom of, the of like, the Woolly World amiibo, or it was the, the back of the box, it said, two-player activates by having a second Yoshi amiibo. It was something like that. Yeah. And so people were starting to think they were just going to take away modes and stuff. And because, well, it's, you know, you start small with Mario Kart, then you get into bigger features because you really want to push the, you know, the figurines. And right. Sooner or later, it gets, out, it gets a little out of hand. The thing but. is that a lot of people are already saying that Nintendo's probably becoming one of the worst about their DLC of any company. It's kind of like amazing. I have to disagree, but what do you mean? It, like the 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 rate at which they're like approaching locking away entire chunks of gameplay in their like DLC content, which Amiibo are DLC. They're collectible DLC. Get over it if you don't agree. I'm sorry, but they they have DLC in them. They're DLC. Um, the fact that they're lo- like locking away more and more with quests now in in uh, Splatoon, and it's not bad now, but it's been very. It's been a short time since Amiibo started, and we're already having this happen. We're already having Amiibo be significant enough that parts of games are kind of getting locked away. I wouldn't say that it's as bad as a lot of other game like places are currently, but at the rate that they're doing it now, I think it's worse than some some companies were doing it initially. Honestly, I don't really see it as much of an issue at all. Like, I haven't been bothered by any of it mm-hmm. to this, you know, moment of time. But they also have to realize that they can't really lock much away because of how, you know, inaccessible yeah. these things are. If you can't buy it, you can't really lock away the content to begin with, so. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're, if they're anything, it'll get worse if they ever become easier to find. Right. So. Uh, what do you guys honestly think the ideal situation for Mevo is? Because they're... With Smash alone, they're going to have over 50 figurines, and not to mention the Mario and all. The... Do you guys ever see like an ideal stock situation with these things? I mean, I unless Nintendo invests in some sort of factory purely for their Amiibo products, where they're able to produce larger quantities that, quantities of them or fix the shipping situation, which has been plaguing them for a lo- months now. I'm, I'm, I think longer than months, maybe. Which, even with a the year. money that these things are making, then they should be. That should be a priority. Yeah, that should be the the first thing they should be fixing. If they're if if anything, they should be focusing more on that than E three, uh, or their uh, Nintendo Directs. I, and that's that's the truth because this is getting the product to the consumer, and they're not doing it. And it's we don't know what they're making off these. We don't. What's that? We don't know exactly how much they're profiting off of these. We really don't. That's the other thing. I know their sales numbers are high, but I don't know how much you know revenue that necessarily equates to. Like the. The Splatoon Amiibos in particular are really nicely made. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah they are. They're some of the I nice. mean, people were complaining a lot about the Smash Brothers ones. So I remember that they're, people said that the, the the Mario Party Amiibo were immediately an improvement over the Smash ones. Yeah. yeah they, they just need time to get it right, yeah. and they've been improving. But I, I can also imagine that that is making them a little bit more expensive. Probably. Is. Kirby is cheaper to make than Martha's. Of course. <laughs> Kirby is easy to make. Yeah, uh, but the reprints are, are looking better. I mean, people, the the 
villager reprint is controversial. Personally, I like it a little bit better. I, I, I do agree the eyes need to be raised a little bit, but yeah. I like the eye shape a bit more. I the Marth Amiibo looks a lot better. Like, I think I, they have, just need I a... don't have a Murph right now. I have Marth. <laughs> I think they just need to promise that reprints are coming. That's it. And they'll fix yeah. the whole like scalper situation if they just but say... But that Marth reprint was a joke. I mean, they announced it in January, and they just silently, like... Put it you up. know, like, when you're peeing and the stream sort of ends and it comes back up again? Like, that's... <laughs> that was, it was, the follow-up pee was the Marth Amiibo restock. Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Let's get off of the toilet humor. Um, I have to but, ask... Um, post that we... and put in a drum roll. Or a drum clap. Drum and then happy. a toilet flush. It's a rain <laughs> shot, is what you're looking for. All right. Uh, Taylor, since we are a Zelda pod podcast... And oh yeah, Zelda. let's ask you something about Zelda. First off, what is your favorite Zelda game? And then tell us what your least favorite Zelda game is. You can tell us in any order, I guess. But uh, preferably favorite first. All right. So Jake, you remember earlier, like towards the start of this podcast, where I said we were foreshadowing me making a lot of enemies on this podcast? Foreshadowing? <laughs> Don't worry, we do that all the time. All right. I'm hoping. So, so let's go. Favorite Zelda game? Ocarina of Time. Get out. <gasps> oh, God. I like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay. No. I like that's Ocarina part time. one. That's I, I just I just made. A, he's not a champ. I just made a I made a bunch of enemies. <laughs> now here's part two. You made a friend with me. It's a good game. All right, I'm gonna ruin that. I'm sure. <laughs> Least favorite Zelda game. Majora's Mask. <laughs> I hate you, go. <laughs> oh my god. All right, post on him. Get ready to censor because f this guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh my god. That's Get a first. that's a podcast first. That's the mass backwards taste if I ever done seen it right there. Champ, you're the you're the first person <laughs> I've ever met to say they hate Majora's Mask. Okay, but uh, Get out. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it attempt to justify it now. Get out. I don't wanna hear Des it. <laughs> despite what the amount of Zelda paraphernalia that I wear might suggest, I have played relatively few Zelda games. Do you wear specifically a Zelda hat? Like a, a hat with a highly encrusted on. It? I have I have two of them. Yes. Yes. You I've 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 had one of those hats for like six years now. Wow. It's it's kind of a staple of me leaving my house, as rare as it is. <laughs> uh, I will say I have not given Majora's Mask a proper chance. I like I rented it one time, and like I jumped into someone's save file, and I, like the 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 mechanics of like going back in time and whatever in the three day things just completely threw me off as like an 11 year old child. So I have not given it a proper chance. Um, the only Zelda games I've actually played through completely are Ocarina of Time, uh, Skyward Sword and A Link Between Worlds. I have not actually fully finished any other ones. And you chose Ocarina and of Time over Link Between Worlds. You're missing the best. Link Between Worlds was really good. Okay. But I, I, I do feel Ocarina of Time was better and I'm sure part of that is nostalgia goggles. At least you admit it. <laughs> uh, Twilight Princess. I played it. I played through the first dungeon. I beat the boss, and I was like, I I don't like this one. <gasps> oh God! Calp actually likes that one. Kind. Of. I feel I like you're just making all of us mad individually. You mentioned that Green of yeah. Time's your favorite. You hate Majora's Mask. You didn't like Twilight Princess. You just I warned you all. <laughs> you like, did. You had me at like okay, Ocarina of Time. That's becoming a less popular choice. I can I can respect. We it. had so Mountain Dew jokes. I tried to. We give had the Spatoon. We got along. You're supposed to be a champ. I <laughs> warned you guys. I warned everybody. You know what? Now you're you're not war champ anymore. You're peace <laughs> failure All two. Right. All right. Um, well, Why two? Since because <laughs> that's the part bothered him. 
<laughs> I don't like the number two. Why'd you pick two? Fine, one point five. You should meet Warchamp too. He's not a great guy. Um, but you were saying that you, your argument for you know, Ocarina of Time is the nostalgia goggles and things like that, and you didn't like Majora's Mask too. So I want to kind of get into this fan topic that has to do with sort of arguing for or against certain games. Uh, this one comes to us from Aaron. Hey guys, I recently started playing through Spirit Tracks, and so far, I know, shoot me, I really like it. The whimsical new Hyrule, a totally different control scheme, I find it fun and refreshing. Of course, it doesn't come close to the heights of the series, but do you think there's an argument for Spirit Tracks and Found at Marigloss being pretty good after all? Yes. At least we can read its nose Zelda too. P.S. Thanks for the great oh. answers to my topics the past two weeks. I, sp- I especially appreciate you interrupting Caleb with train music, though I would like to know what he meant to say. Ask him if he remembers. Aaron Droid. You interrupted me with train music? Yeah, I remember the, the <laughs> hey, so, sister. I think I played that one. Or I played, uh, it was the episode we did with uh, Sparky the Android, I think, uh, where we, I played, like, something Jupiter. Get ready to censor, you son of a <laughs> How could you do this to me? Did you not listen to that episode? I never listened to the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you used to, like, message me all the time with your critiques yeah, of the episodes. Caleb. I gave up. <laughs> Why? I made jokes just for you. We had Xanarkand. You played the music over me. Someone has to link Caleb to that moment to see if he remembers later on. <laughs> well, no, I, I didn't play it over you. I played I it underneath like as background music. I podcast. Alright, so we have a fan right. topic. Anyway. I've never played Spirit Tracks or Phantom Hourglass. Okay. Alright, um, it's no secret if you follow the show, like, shut uh, you know that I actually quite like Spirit Tracks. It is one of my favorite handhelds. I think there are a lot of great arguments to make for it being a good Zelda game. One of the drawbacks of it is the controls are probably the worst for a 2D. Or a top-down, if you'd much mm-hmm. rather call it that. Um, but I enjoy the diversity of the overworld. That's not something you really see with a lot of Zelda games. Like You have four distinct realms. you know, The mountains, forests, uh, volcano, and the ocean and desert. And I know you could say, oh, a lot of games have that. They feel so jarringly different. Like, it, I kind of like the way that they don't really flow into one another. They just sort of happen and are thrown at you. It, it just makes the world feel a lot more diverse and big. I don't know. Uh, but right. I think it's a truly fine Zelda game. And yeah, you're right. It's not one of the best, but it's a great game. That's, that's Any follow uh, wasn't uh, Phantom Hourglass the one that featured uh, Linebeck? Yes, Linebeck, who is actually one of the more popular characters in the Zelda series, though not one of the most well known. I feel like, um, so I think that he is a very good reason as to playing the Phantom Hourglass. Um, not only that, if you really like Wind Waker, you're gonna yep. really appreciate Phantom Hourglass's uh, connections to that game, as it is a direct sequel. I like the story. Um, I think the story is the best part of Phantom Hourglass, but I right. don't think it was as good as Spirit Tracks. Um, and Spear Tracks, uh, there is, it's really cool with a new mechanic of having Zelda as a ghost, uh, companion, um, and just having that sort of partner relationship. Kind of reminds me of, uh, the final fight in Shovel Knight, where you're fighting with Shield Knight. Spoilers. I'm sorry. Internet rule six months, you're good. Yeah. I got that game for my birthday and I haven't played it yet. (laughs) Anyway, he's wow. never going to come back to the show. Now. <laughs> well, good. He doesn't like he's invited back. I don't. I, I don't think. I, I'm not making it out of here. This thing. This going up on Saturday, and I'm dead. <laughs> he's already dead. If you're listening to this podcast, we already killed him. <laughs> Rest in peace, Warchamp. Seven. Warchamp eight. This podcast, on the, the visitation will be on Tuesday. Training to visitation. He died like he lived in war. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, Wind Waker. That's a game. It is a game. Yeah. When did Mario Kart 8 come out? Uh, 2014. 2014 May. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's when I got Wind Waker HD as a as a as a freebie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It came with a free. Yeah, that was really great, and I yeah. totally have played it. <laughs> I got that the same I exact it boat. Uh, but he's specifically referring to Spear Tracks and Phantom Hourglass. Uh, any final thoughts on that? Uh, good play games. Uh, underrated. Bad controls. <laughs> we've we've talked about that. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard, the uh, DS swiping motions is the worst idea I've ever seen in a Zelda game. To Other... use it for both controls and attacking is absurd. Yes. Um, it, it's just bad. I feel I'm like I ask you to explain it... it to me relatively. Is it actually worse than the Harp and Skyward Sword? Yes. That's amazing. Dude, the, the Harp and Skyward Sword is so bad it's good. All you do is flail around and you're playing beautiful music. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, music. at least in that it kind of makes up for how, however you play it in DS yeah. controls. I, I feel like um, <laughs> I actually, get um, uh, the the DS Zeldas are kind of remind me a lot of Kid Icarus, where they're good games ultimately brought down a lot by the platform they're on. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if Kid Icarus was a Wii U game, fantastic, it would be amazing. But like that's, having that's to... still kind of mean to Kid Icarus though, because it's brilliant. Well, the thing is that Sakurai is really good with like control schemes, but at the same time, Kid Icarus's control schemes is what is one of its downfalls because it's I mean they so... had to release a peripheral just to help you hold like it was the yeah. only game I've ever played on a handheld that gave well, my hand like re- repeat stress and I remember like, seeing, I've never had that. I remember seeing someone say something along the lines of like Sakurai's like the first person with a uh, Kirby uh air ride. He's he's one of the people that has made instead of like mapping uh one thing to every button, he makes one button do like eighteen things. In a way that yeah, becomes in- that. intuitive after a while. And it's really, it's really clever. He's very good about making control schemes. It just, like Jake said, I think the platform wasn't suited for Kid Icarus as much as it should have been. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to recommend, you have to respect the fact that uh, Nintendo's online system wasn't what it used, isn't what it used to be. And at the time, Kid Icarus would not have been nearly as successful as it is now if not for the online modes, if not for the I, multiplayer I will, aspects. The multiplayer was fun, but uh, one other thing I, I will say about those games is mm-hmm. that the real problem I have with controls. It's that the game doesn't take into account that the controls are going to be difficult to use. Both uh, Spirit Tracks and Kid Icarus, we'll, we use both of those. And so the game is is still like, it treats itself like you're just playing like with any regular controller. And it it's still really difficult to, so like you'll be in a boss fight where if you just have a regular controller, you're playing it, you know, it'd be like, okay, this is a boss fight. But the controls are also an enemy. Uh, I think um, Yahtzee Kroshaw, who's one of my personal heroes, he said something pretty great about about this sort of thing where he said, the third-person camera is like the working class. If you can't keep it under control, it will plot to destroy you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's the most brilliant thing I've ever <laughs> And, yeah, so you'll have that problem a lot in these games. <laughs> that is, that's beautiful. I love it. Dude, if you guys don't watch Zero Punctuation, you need to Oh, I do. I, He's amazing. It's funny because Zero Punctuation is like, it reminds me of those edgy kids in high school. Like, who are like, like yeah, I'm smarter than Go everyone on. in my class. Like, I get bad grades because I'm smarter than everyone, and, like, I just get bored. It's like... I mean, yeah, I like all things that are unhealthy, my parents tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Caleb. Um, yeah, I like Mountain Dew for two weeks, so it's kind of over it's, it, though. It's, it's, it's hard to get into it because of that. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. Um, also, 
Speaking of things that you check out, Arcade Cabinet, our friends there, Spark the Android, we mentioned them earlier. Check out that uh, Let's Play channel. It's a little hard to find. I'll put a link in the description below. Uh, it's a funny Let's Play group. Four dudes playing some games. Brett screams. It's fun. Um, but anyway, I want to move on to another fan topic that we have, if you guys don't mind. No, I mind. Work. Well, I guess we're not doing anything. I don't mind. Let's do it. Okay. Um, hey, y'all. Le- Levi, Howdy. pronounced Levi, long E, long I, like the jeans, from Texas here. Levi, we won't make that mistake again. Levy. <laughs> Levy I says. Jeans from Texas. Like the jeans from Texas. <laughs> the stars at night are rolling in. All right, as as anyway, let me Levy. say the fan topic, Jake. Y'all asked for Amiibo success story, so here is mine. I was able to get the Splatoon 3-pack from Amazon thanks to Add Amiibo News and my Amazon app. I didn't even need to try that hard. Just saw the tweet, hopped on the app, went to my wish list, and checked out. Screw oh, you, dream. Levi. Screw you. I'm Levi. I'm rubbing it in everyone's face. <laughs> but I'm glad. I had to have a, like, a scary man scare me into a GameStop to get my 3-pack, you jerk. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, thank you for writing in, Levi. No, glad no. that you got a success story. It makes me feel a little bit better. Oh, yeah. Uh, congratulations. Anyway, now on to his topic. <laughs> I thought y'all could discuss exploration rewards. One thing I find disappointing is that when you stumble upon a chest hidden in the overworld, you know it's one of three things. A heart container, a heart piece, or rupees. Well, I guess sometimes you find bombs and arrows too, but those don't count. What kind of new items would y'all be excited to find in a hidden chest? I'm thinking special weapons would be cool. Stuff you don't need to finish the game, but would look cool or do good things. I got Um, this. Oh, I just had an idea. What would y'all think about the contents of these chests being randomized or shuffled each game? Thanks y'all, have a great week. That's interesting, this. but that could pose a few problems if they're randomized. Yeah. Uh, it, they would have to be something that you really don't need to beat the game, otherwise you're going to have some problems. Yeah. Um, um, Link Between Worlds took a bit of a step towards that. In yes. Non-linear dungeon progression. I really like that. I really like that about Link Between Worlds because it felt like you got to choose how your adventure went as opposed mm. to being forced onto a specific path, and, but without losing any of the story's linearity. Without losing any of the story as actual progression. It was nice. Yes. Yeah. Metroidvanias do it the best. Um, I think that one of the things that you could have had happen in the Legend of Zelda is like let's say the Mai Mai's. Uh, yeah. what if the they're Mai-Mai's. go on. The memes. If their locations were randomized, <laughs> uh that would have been fine. If some things like that, if they uh, if they made like collectibles like that more randomized, that's fine. As long as it's not really cutting into the, the base game, as long as it's not becoming a chore, or it's becoming a hassle with, like, ah, I got, like, a bad spawn. Um, yeah, yeah, because, like, you get you get into a game like Destiny, where you just grind for hours doing the same mission. Oh, yeah, and then like, people are like, he I... called Destiny a game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cal. A chore like Destiny. I'm sorry. Yeah, and even, like, Castlevania, I don't know if you guys played uh, Harmony of Despair. I liked it uh-huh. a lot, but it, it did that same sort of thing where you'll be grinding the missions over and over for the best gear. Mm-hmm. But Caleb said something interesting, uh, more Metroidvania-style stuff. What, that uh, Destiny isn't a game? Well, that, also that. I, mean, <laughs> I played that game for two hours and cried every hour of it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when people were excited for that, I laughed. I'm sorry. <sighs> Go back to one of our first episodes if you want to hear my thoughts on Destiny. But anyways. <laughs> I think we talked about it for, like, five episodes in a row. Did we? We just talked about Destiny over and over because it well, just it was, came out. It was very. Cons- it just came out. Yeah, we and we were just mad. Um, okay. Anyway, but Caleb, go on. With what you were saying? Uh, Metroidvanias do it really well because they just give you more cool weapons, and you're like, sweet. And then I'm going to beat the game with this. Yeah, with Super until Metroid. Until I find another one. With the uh, and they're optional. Mm-hmm. 
but it gives you I, a, a a good boost. It like it helps yeah, you play yeah. the game better. Yeah, I think. Um, go on, go on, Adam. I think that if like in the Legend of Zelda, if they had certain items that weren't required, I mean, there are certain items that aren't required in Link to the Past. There's the magic powder, which you don't need to get. Um, yeah. For like specifically, More of that. that's really good, and you want to get it. But some people have overlooked it. I'm pretty sure in the first playthrough of the game, I didn't find it. I didn't even know it was there. It was only in. Like, I, I it was, think I'll say. Oh, I'm sorry, Adam. I keep interrupting. It was. Just, I was just gonna say. It's only on further exploration that I found out the sort of things happened. And I think that's good. It encouraged me to explore more. It encouraged me to like check out the world. And I think those sort of things, those sort of collectibles, are fine as long as it's not overdone. As long as it's significant, and as long as it makes sense. So not Wind Waker. I personally think uh, one of the best things Slam. they can do to make chests more appealing is, and I'll stay with me on this, make the Master Sword not matter. That's exactly where I was gonna go with this. The Master Sword is cool and all, but at the end of the day, it's just a sword that does more damage. If, if, if you're looking at it from far away, all, that's all it really does. But if the plot keeps insisting that it has this grand divine MacGuffin status, you're going to have <laughs> to keep using it. But if you just like open a chest and you get a whip weapon, and it's like, okay, I can use this whip now. Or, oh, there's some other weapon there. You know, like you get to, you don't feel like you're not playing the game right if you're not using the grand magical mystical sword. You know what's... You know what you could have happened? Because I feel like I, I definitely resonate with that idea where it's the idea that the Master Sword itself isn't given so much of a presence in its own right. I feel like it's it's told to us that it is an important thing as opposed to being shown as something important. I feel like as yeah, a player, I've never seen the Master Sword as something more than just another sword. It's the and, difference between the Keyblade and the Master Sword. It keeps saying yeah. it's the Blade of Evil Bane, but I, I mean my old it sword. It is the Blade that enemies. cuts things better. It, 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 my old sword killed stuff too. So yeah, it should be like there are bosses, you know, like Ganon, who you need it, but for the most part, you should be able to, you know, switch up and do whatever you need to do. It would be cool, yeah, however, to whatever. see a Zelda game where instead of having just the Master Sword, having just the hilt, the handle, and instead of having just the blade, you have a series of different like item attachments to it, like a mace and like a whip That's and a sword, cool. and that like yeah. just gives you different options, ways to play, and it. It still keeps the weapon. You're yeah, still using. Still it is the, the remnants blade, of the ancient the blade of Evil's Bane, and it powers weapons to make them strong enough to be able to fight against these monsters. That still keeps the significance of the sacred artifact without limiting your playstyle, without limiting what the player can do, and without limiting uh, your yeah. expansion and the types of enemies you can have. Because I would love to see a, a whip weapon in Legends all day. It'd be great. I, I totally I agree. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Like, for instance, uh, in Wind Waker, the Skull Hammer is one of my favorite items in any game ever. The Skull mm -hmm. Hammer is amazing. Mm -hmm. It's like three times your size. But mm -hmm. it's not a, like, the game viable doesn't weapon. treat it like it's a viable, real, you just use it as a puzzle it's solver. The big run sword. It's not the Hammer of Evil's Bane. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, it can kill enemies and all that, but it's, it's you know, ultimately the sword is going to be more effective to just get the job done. So really, if you yeah. want to make chess important, you got to make the Master Sword not important. Exactly. Also, I guess side quests. Uh, I, I guess if you have more of an emphasis on side quests and like have chests, like have items pertaining, like say you go inside of a dude's house and there's a chest in his basement and it's like some important diary or something that you got to give to somebody. I know that sounds almost fetch questy, but like I'd rather open up and find like some some journal that belonged to somebody than mm. a ruby. You know, I love finding like hidden journals and things like that, especially when it leads to other things. When it tells you certain things, like a journal about a, an ancient explorer from the past. And he tells you a secret about a dungeon without even realizing he's telling you a secret. He tells you about like a cracked wall on like the far corner. If you hit that and then you go and you like hit a switch on the floor like twice or something like that, it opens up a secret passageway and it leads to another treasure and it gives I'm you another heart piece. I'm already seeing the problem though. 
What? Uh, the problem with this is that at the end of all that, it, it could just very well just be more rupees. So it, well, no, no, I said heart to... pe- heart container. Okay, well that's like I mean... uh, like a power up, more like more in the Metroid style, where you know you find significant. That's the thing that I said earlier, where it's like you don't want to just have things that are there and it's like a collectible, collectible, whatever. It's significant. It adds a significant part of the experience without making without being game breaking i guess where it, you know if you don't find it you can't beat the game you can't progress um in in uh the uh in link to the past and a link to the world you can upgrade your stuff with the master ore uh in the link to the world the master ore specifically uh but you don't have to do it um and i think that's great i think it's good because it encourages people to that do want to get these sort of things to go out and make it happen another thing you could do and this is a bit of a stretch would be uh mm-hmm. like different attacks or like skills almost like, if they were to up their combat system mm-hmm. in a way. Oh, no, I, I think like, that'd be great. I found yeah. this scroll that teaches me how to throw my sword. Yeah. You know, something along those lines. The uh, the, the down, downward strike, learning the older techniques of, like, Heroes Long Past. Sure. That'd be cool. Because sure. um, I, was, I was watching an, uh, a Let's Play of the Shovel Knight recently, and they were talking about how they don't know what, they, what would happen if they were trying to improve on Shovel Knight, if they were making a second one. And I thought, you know, what better way to make Shovel Knight a little bit more invested by adding, like, stats and things like that to make it so that you had another thing that you could upgrade and expand upon and make your character more unique to yourself, fit more your playstyle. So it goes into more the, the the thing about, you know, different weapon sort of attachments to the, the hilt of your, your blade. Um, what would it be like if you wanted to play a, a Legend of Zelda um, a run, but you're playing as a a whip-bearing hero or a mace-bearing hero or something that's more, you know, suited to how you play other games. Not totally in the realm of Dark Souls where you have to, like, stick to it, but more just, like, you feel you have a little bit more variety where a a playthrough is significantly different than the last. And not in how much you collect, but how you play it. Didn't Twilight Princess kind of do, like, the ancient techniques thing with the hero shade? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I I like Twilight Princess the most because it was the one that kind of showed that it could go in that direction. But it was more of a plot point, wasn't it? You didn't have to do them. <laughs> yeah, but it's... it's I don't know. I, Twilight I think it, gave it, it, me hope that there would be a good combat system in Zelda. And then Skyward <laughs> Sword pooped all over that. <laughs> but we got we got the secret technique of bomb rolling. For all the hate that Skyward Sword gets, it did nail one thing, I think, more than any other Zelda game has at this point, and that was the motivation. Like, yeah. I don't Stop think you playing. Can, <laughs> just end it there adam sure <laughs> but also <laughs> of actually like completing the quests of actually wanting to like making you want to save zelda oh i never like, wanted I, to play the game this is my problem no no I, like, I i didn't hate skyward sword as much as some people do i i, I don't think it wanna na- hate it. i think it nailed that's i think it nailed that aspect it well. had a lot of problems that a game studio like Nintendo should not have in a, in a game. Like, a lot of, like, juvenile developer problems that just should not exist in a, in a long-standing company. It was appalling. Like, even, if, because even they, if it just released on Wii U and had better controls, it would still be significantly better. Like, okay, this is going to be the linear zone. But it would still be bad. Oh, yeah, it's it still not wouldn't... the controls that stop me. It's just that I got bored. I tried to marathon my way through it and force myself to beat it, and I got so bored. I got bored within like an hour of playing it. I actually did a speedrun race of the whole game. Really? Yeah. How'd that go? My final time was I think twelve hours. Hmm. That's not I bad. think I think I think first place 
was eight hours, oh, nice. and this was like a month after the game came out or something. Uh, oh wow! Didn't know you did speedrunning. I don't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a one-off thing amongst the stream of six in my life. Speaking of, uh, there were sort of no go on, go on. Uh, we mentioned Twilight Princess briefly. That brings me to uh one another fan topic that I wanted to get into. Do it. Uh, we we have another fan topic after this, but I feel like we're gonna save it for next week. Uh, by the way, next week we're going to be talking to Octopimp, uh, who's known for being a significant member of Polaris. As of late, uh, he recently left the company. Uh, he also created series 50% off and uh, a bunch of other really cool online content. Uh, we're going to be talking to him on Tuesday as opposed to Thursday. So send this t- fan topics to us at ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send this to us. Please by Tuesday night so that we can ask those questions. We can get all that yeah, out of the way. Yeah, we're recording Tuesday because Adam's got to go to E3. I am going to be on a flight Thursday evening, so I'm very sorry. Uh, I'm going to be heading over to E3, where I'm going to hopefully be doing some video content for you guys. So look forward to that. And Snapchatting me. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking maybe I should do some stuff with Snapchat. Uh, I don't know. Can I? We'll figure Periscope. I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, no, not Periscope. Snapchat is fine. Um, <laughs> anyway. But anyway. Uh, on to the fan topic. Hey guys, it's Noah again. Thanks for answering my question last time. So Twilight Princess is my favorite Zelda game, and I figured since there is a lot to talk about, being it being the next Zelda remake, why not have a few fan topics about it? So here's some. Which female character do you think Link should have ended up with in Twilight Princess? Midna. L- Lila, Zelda, or Midna? Midna. Midna. And also, what were y'all's favorite moments? Midna. Dungeons, boss fights, items, etc. One last thing. <laughs> Midna. Midna. I don't really have many friends that are into Zelda, and it would be awesome to make some. So Adam, could you please give me a Snapchat shout-out? My Snapchat is Noah Bedoya. If you can spell that, you get to be friends with them on Snapchat. Thanks for everything. Y'all are awesome, especially Caleb. Yo, I'm, I'm just guys, add me on Snapchat. I'm Slineapple. Noah, I don't believe you're real because you're calling me out. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I feel comfortable with giving out this guy Snapchat. Do you guys think it's... No, he wanted he probably to. Right? Should he not. he All specifically right. asked, though. Uh, I will put it down below. I'm not going to make you guys figure out how to spell it. By the way, if you guys are listening to us on iTunes or Podbean or whatever you guys use to listen to us, if you go to ZeldaInformer.com, you're going to see exclusive uh, banners, uh, all the links that we have for every episode. Uh, I wrote, I made the banner this week. It's a mashup of Splatoon and Link to the Past and Ink to the Past. Aha, I'm really so clever and funny. Uh, but yeah, if you liked it, please consider commissioning me for some art. Another little uh, sellout brand thing. Me. Whatever. Um, anyway. Don't commission me. I can't draw. <laughs> and if you don't like Adam, you can commission me out of spite. I just draw stick figures. <laughs> I can't even do that. I need it to afford food. I need it to and... buy up all the food from Adam. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just goes to the grocery Adam. store and he buys whatever I want to get. You think there's a shortage on Amiibo? Wait yeah, till Caleb the... comes through the grocery <laughs> mart. He's the Amiibo scalper of Adam's pantry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I feel like we should get to the Phantom. Oh, yes. Okay, if we have to. Also, we're running I, a little bit long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I um, played through one dungeon of Twilight Princess, Midna. I'm, I'm proud of you. You did. Midna. <laughs> um, yeah, Midna answers all of those questions. No, it really does. I'm completely honest with you. Like, Midna's just a really, really cool character. Uh, my favorite part of it. And the other thing that I liked about it was its environments. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was giving me hope that a combat system would eventually not be garbage in a Zelda game. I, th- I think Twilight Princess, for a lot of people, reinvigorated their love of the series. For me, I think it did. I was very eager to play it, and as soon as I played it, I was really hooked on it. If um, I could cut out the tutorial at the beginning, 
I would love the game more than I do. That did you like the Did nice. you like the wolf form at the beginning? The what? Oh yeah, I like the wolf form. I I enjoy wolf form. I think I liked it, but the problem with it was that I was too eager to get into just the the what was essentially I thought the regular game. Yeah, see, I wasn't. I was enjoying Wolf because of, you know, how I am. It was more like a, it felt like I knew it was going to end and it was kind of like, like, all right, can I get there? Can I get there? Can I get there? You know what it was like? Yeah, like the, the Wolf it's like someone's before the, the main quote. Yeah, it's sections. like someone spoiled it for you. Someone spoiled the uh, beginning, like a, a, an important plot point in the movie for you and you're just kind of waiting for it to happen so you get past it and actually enjoy the movie instead of worrying about it happening. Yeah. Um, or in Ocarina of Time when you're playing the, uh, as, as Young Link. Uh, when you start playing Persona and you're like, where are all the waifus at? <laughs> and they're like, we're over here. Why are you Why over do there? they sound like Hank Hill? <laughs> I brought the Popeye. <laughs> I'm going to marry Hank Hill. Good. Um, huh. Be my waifu. I, I remember when I saw the, the ending like scene of Twilight Princess. I was about 13. And back then, I guess I couldn't really grasp the, the tenderness. Of it, you were I too guess. edgy then. Um, Tender. Well, I mean, it was a very, like, it was a very powerful scene between Link and Minda. And I never, like, the yeah. entire game, I saw them as more like partners and friends, but there was something so deep and subversive about their farewell, you know, that I didn't really get mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Uh, well, I was 13, I'm not really a kid. But... I still think of them as more like, it's not really a, a romantic relationship. I think that's kind of like looking too much into it and more just like a... It's just a strong bond. Soul bond. It, it yeah, may it's be, like, very well be that, but I do honestly think he had a stronger connection. And nobody can dispute this. He was way closer no. to her than Zelda. And Definitely. A lot of people... A lot of people that are... I'm sorry, let me restart that. Uh, it's often said that partners in police forces, uh, like detective partners and things like that, are often even more close than a than those people are to their, their Spouse. spouses. Yeah, you um, go through some stuff. Yeah, you do. It, and it's it's because you kind of like risk your lives together and you kind of have to, you know, rely on each other in what is You're essentially the, the most dire situations. Person. And I think that's the sort of relationship that uh, uh, Midna and Link are supposed to have in the game and it comes off very well. So let me ask, uh, do you guys think, just in your own fanfiction.net, headcanon, who do you think, <laughs> I guess headcanon is the best way to put it, who do you think mm -hmm. Link eventually in that particular lifetime? Who do you think he ended up with? Zelda. Me. <laughs> in my fanfiction.net, right? <laughs> the Legend of Caleb. Uh, the Twilight Prince. Not. This is my story. Um, I, I'd say he was more inclined. I'm hoping for fan art. I mean, there are definitely games where, where Link and Zelda are, are closer, but that wasn't one of the games to me. I, I think those two were, no. you know, much more cordial with one another. I uh, probably end up with a farm girl, but shoutouts to Karen, to Harvest Moon. <laughs> They're making another Harvest Moon game. Yeah, they are. They yeah. are. End of discussion. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> really all you can say about Harvest Moon. It's happening. So, <laughs> look over there, Harvest Moon. Yeah. No, I hate to segue, but I would love to talk about Project M with you. We haven't finished the fan. Topic. Oh yeah, let's finish the fan topic. So uh, Link and Minda actually adventured together as opposed mm -hmm. to Zelda who just screws off for seven years or gets frozen in a crystal. She's doing some like royal stuff and like dealing with like, she's not there. So it doesn't yeah. matter. That's what I meant with, with my point earlier is like a lot of the Zelda games is just like, Oh no, the princess is gone. She's very important to the kingdom. You must, you are the chosen one link or you are conveniently in the right place at the right time to be the one who can save the day. The convenient one in the right place you, time you, link. You must one. save the princess. Whereas Skyward Sword, it's like, 
yo, your best friend just like just vanished. <laughs> you should probably go get her back. And then it's like, oh god, she's also Zelda. She also kind of pushed you off a cliff, so I don't really you know how good of a green little you boy earned that. Okay. <laughs> 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 Every other game, it's like, oh no, go save the princess. Skyward Sword is just like, oh no, your best friend who also happens to be an ancient princess. Skyward Bruce? Sword is, oh no, just save yourself. Bruce <laughs> <laughs> is fine, so you don't really have to do anything. We got it. You hate Skyward Sword. <laughs> I can never stop War Champ. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine uh, Kayla putting on the God of War paint, <laughs> just going into a GameStop and just destroying copies of Skyward Sword. You more Sword. than anybody else should understand that war never changes. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Speaking of which, yay, Caleb! I love that segue. I give it second place to my Fire Emblem one. You always have to be the champ around here, don't you? That's why it's in the name. Peace, novice. 12. <laughs> <laughs> so Fallout Four got anyway, announced. Fallout Four finally announced. <laughs> this is it's our last topic for this week. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, oh, I wanted to. We're gonna end on this. Okay. What? What do you want to say? Dev. No, we have a Project M dev here. We we have to. Yes, we will get to okay. that at the very end. I okay, promise. Okay. But this is our last, last like. Not topic like there's much to say end. about Fallout anyway. Yes. Um. Yeah. It's I, the, we finally got a trailer after years and years of waiting for the the sequel to Fallout Three because New Vegas was, was New good. Vegas was good. Hmm. Was good. It was okay. <laughs> was good. It wasn't Fallout Three. You're right. That's why it was good. <laughs> Caleb, Fallout Four. It's got a dog. Welcome to the Contrarian <laughs> Podcast, where Caleb says bad things about covered. video games. Hey, I Out. did too. Well, right, at least, though. at least you don't say stupid things like you don't like Zelda. That's exactly what I said multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> Get on with it. <laughs> I hate everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, Fallout Four was really excited for the trailer because it actually looked like a lot of the times when we see these gameplay trailers or game trailers in general, it always looks like it's too nice. But there were things about the the Fallout 4 trailer that made it look very end game. Like this is what the game will look like. I, I see what you mean. This look this looks very much tr- like if you look in the trailer, you can see the curtains in the background are those kind of like flat curtainy thing. Like they're they're flat curtains that you expect in a Bethesda yeah. game. Plus, it, it looks nice, GTA but not too nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, it looks it looks nice enough that the engine could hand an engine could handle. Yeah, yeah, totally. at this time, and it's like. That's what I. That's what I want. I want a promise of like what this will be, because if if it's if they if they showed me like this gorgeous trailer and stuff, the game would look terrible. And Bethesda's always had a problem in the art department, and we're gonna be talking about it more probably next week. Yeah. Because uh, I remember I was talking to uh, Octopimp about that recently. Uh, but just that Bethesda's always had a problem in the art department, and I I'm kind of hoping that this time they're actually being a little more more honest of what that's gonna be like. And um, I really do like that we're going back to the vault. I really, really do, because I will oh, never get tired of like. Maybe this time life. I'll play longer than just getting out of the vault. Yeah, I was. I I think I've mentioned before how um, I would love to have a game where you spend more time in the vault, you build more of a relationship with those characters before everything is taken away from you. Because I mean, you get a little bit where in Fallout Three, they they want to give it to you without getting too much in the way of the the main campaign. But I would like that to be more significant. I would like that to be more a part of what you know and to be more familiar so that when you leave the vault, everything is more alien. I don't like Fallout. I prefer Elder Scrolls, but I'm excited. Uh, On to uh, things that Caleb might like. 
I don't care what Caleb likes anymore. He's, he has terrible decisions and opinions about games. Like my anyway. friendship with Adam. <laughs> Shut up, Caleb. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the first time I've told you to shut up. <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> um, so, Warchamp, uh, how did so. you get started working on Project M, and what are some of the challenges of making a mod or fan game based on a Nintendo franchise? Uh, so I got into Project M back in, I want to say, 2013. It was July of, I believe, 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had found Project M a little while back, and then I finally decided I kind of wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to help out in some way. And the old website was absolutely atrocious. <laughs> And being that was something I was capable of improving... You're a web design uh, guy? Yes. I'm primarily a front-end developer. Oh, nice. Um, What does that mean? It means I do all the stuff that doesn't make the website actually tick. So everything that makes it look nice and fancy. Oh, okay. So you're you're an aesthetics guy. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, so the old website was absolutely hideous, and I decided I I want to apply to work on making that better, and I would also like to play test and do whatever else I can do. Okay. So I went to they uh, they're closed right now, but we do applications for people to join the team. They can apply for whatever they're good at. We'll take a look. And if can we I be part of the I'm team? I'm a game designer. What can, As is Adam. If you are good at it and you have the skills we need, you can apply when <laughs> we open flaws. applications again. Can I be an honorary member? No. Can I just know Dang about it. everything and to just laugh at people who don't know? No. Okay. I had to try. Can I bring you coffee? Yes. <laughs> like Sweet, dude. Mountains. You like coffee? Mountain Dew? I live... No. Caffeine. Not radiation or acid. <laughs> oh, okay. Or both together in a bottle. So you want me to pour Mountain Dew in your coffee? <laughs> Why would you ruin coffee? How can't... You just ruined coffee. I didn't think it was possible, but you did it. Honestly, I want to try that just so I can understand how horrible that is. <laughs> just so I can understand it. Make, take it a step further. Include include a four loco and a five hour energy. Oh my god, that's okay. Isn't like, that okay, how like I'm gonna go on a tan- how like Jeff Jim Belushi died or something? From Mountain Dew. Four locos? No, like that just sounds like a he died from like this horrible concoction of like a, a million bad things. Like, <laughs> well, don't 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 so do Mountain that. Mountain Dew and Skyward podcast? Sword. Uh, anyway, and Skyward Sword. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, super quick tangent. Does anybody here know what a sinner sandwich is? We were already, no. we're already on a san- on a tangent, but yes, no, I do not know what a sinner sandwich. Yes, okay. no, I don't know it. I don't know and what a sinner sandwich is. Really quick, you can look it up, but it's from I think it's from Fatal Frame, and it's there's this really weird, weird character who goes to a diner and he always orders what what gets called a sinner sandwich, and it's like jam, ham, and dry cereal, and it sounds like <laughs> the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard of. And then you eat one, and it's actually incredible. <laughs> Jam, ham, and a guy named Sam. You know, I had no, a pancake cereal. sandwich. You were close, I though. do not like ham, jam, Sam, I am. I actually very recently had a... Had a... Would you like it in a box? Jake. Would you like it with a fox? You know, I'll talk about Jake that sandwich thinks. another time. We have Project M to discuss. <laughs> yeah, so... Tangents. Well, sucked. I've said it like three times now. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, Dentarian. I'm pretty sure he's who made the old one. Uh, so I applied for all the things I could do, and they're just like, oh, yeah. Uh, our website kind of sucks. You can apply for that. And he's and they're like, for the application process, they they said, give us like a write-up of all the problems with the current website, what you would change, and how you would go about improving things. And I was like, okay, that's a really cool idea. 
but how about here's a whole new website already done and ready? And they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, that's pretty good. That's 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 nice. We'll use that. Welcome to the team. And that's the website you see today. Yeah, it looks nice, man. I already Can't have a, a list of complaints, first of all. My name appears nowhere on the website. Uh, second... My first complaint is that you made it. <laughs> wow. And that's wow. why I love it. Aww. Why is that's it a still a complaint, then? apparently. Look for champ. You can't win everything. <laughs> you can't win everything. <laughs> the anyway, inner machinations of I my mind are well try. Uh, but, so, what are... You get, you're on the team now. Uh, yeah. What were some of the challenges that you noticed uh, when you joined? What were some of the things that you noticed your teammates were going through or that you had to help deal with, I guess, as part of the so, team? Brawl itself is an absolute horrible mess under the hood, to put it lightly. Really? Uh, if you actually look up the Wikipedia page for Brawl, it says it was de- developed by ad hoc development team because it was literally just like people cobbled together from a whole bunch of studios and it really, really shows. Uh, a super quick example: the like uh, the portraits of characters, like when you're on like the character select yeah, screen yeah. or when you're on the result screen, that's that doesn't use like the same image in all the places it shows up. There's like multiple copies of that for whatever stupid reason. Uh, the stock heads that show up in like different game modes or like on the stage select screen or whatever, uh, those are duplicated all over the place. So which is of... actually why we have them removed from the stage select screen is because that's one less place for us to like do any changes. Like if we had a new costume and it changes like the uh... stock heads for a character. That whole list of stockheads needs to be redone just because of how the infrastructure for Brawl is. And so we took the stockheads off the stage select screen just to like cut down that workload by 25% every time we have to update that. That's pretty cool. So, um, when you, uh, when you went in the code, did you realize, I guess, from what I'm hearing, that they kind of split up the game into sections, but not in the way that a lot of development does it? They split it up a way where it was kind of the teams were separate from each other, where it's like, you guys work on this, you guys work on that, and everyone had their own version of the assets. They split it up in a way that's stupid. <laughs> what they did. That is Sakurai. Like, like, like physics in in single player mode are like completely separate. I feel like that's beyond Sakurai, stuff. by the way. It's... Just throwing that out there. I feel like that's not Sakurai's fault. I feel like no, you know, no, I'm only playing. Way too, there was way too many hands in the peanut butter jar when Brawl was made, <laughs> and none of them are Sakurai's for some reason. Why are hands in the peanut butter jar? Get out of his jar. <laughs> Why are you using your hands? So, just, so you said single player Robert deal... different physics. Yeah, it, it, there's some weird quirks with single player when it comes to just the way things behave. Now, are you that, talking about subspace that, that, emissary or just like classic mode? Yes, okay. subspace emissary. There's there's a whole bunch of things that are just different there for some god awful reason that don't make any sense, whatever. And that's just something we have to deal with. There's a lot of hurdles that the team has to overcome. Mm-hmm. And at this point, they've done honestly a lot of things that uh, in the early days of brawl hacking were thought impossible. So. I was a part of Brawl modding when it first came out. I was actually on a texture modding team called Stack Smash way back in the day. Oh, I remember Stack Smash. I loved it. I was on Stack Smash for a while. I was one of the hex editors, and it was that was that was a very different time. This is like a story where the old man's like, "Oh, it was uphill both ways in snow and fifty mile per hour wind," and <laughs> it was awful back then. Every time we wanted to test textures back then. First of all, the only thing we could change back then was textures. We could only change the textures, and only for some characters, because we hadn't figured out the f- file formats for some, because once was again... Was this before nothing's... the Twilight hack, or was this... Just... I think it was around that time. Twilight hack? Oh, that was this for was... Homebrew. So, it would have to have been this after. This was after then. Yeah, but back in the day, we could only edit the textures of characters, and only some characters. We hadn't figured out, like, the weird file formats and like file structures that some characters use like zero suit samus was completely weird for some yeah, reason. yeah i imagine transition so, characters would have been a problem 
it, it wasn't even that. They just did weird stuff with her textures that they, they just didn't, didn't have any a consistency to any. Yeah, it was it was a mess basically, as I've said. Have you guys uh, seek to change that in your own adaptation? Uh, I'm sorry, you we, can answer tr- that afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so way back in the day, we could only edit textures, and every time we wanted to test them, first of all, like we have tools that just let us do all these things automatically. Back in the day, we had to edit the textures, then we had to manually hex edit those textures like back into the files oh. and then we had to we had to run like batch scripts on those files and then to test them we had to burn a brand new dvd every oh time God. to test something we had people oh on the God. team who were dedicated there were people on the team dedicated to burning dvds with like our, our work in progress skins uh. and getting screenshots and sending them back to us and then we had to work on them and burn another dvd I, i'm pretty That's sure one of the guys insane. went out and bought God, like my heart goes out to the bird <laughs> like i'm pretty sure one of our one of the guys on our team went out and bought like 500 dvds for this Oh, man. That's amazing. So, that was way back in the day. And back in that day, we thought it was completely impossible to add characters to the game. That is something... Yeah, because they would always be a replacement. Uh, like, you remove Jigglypuff, you add Waluigi. Like, I've seen that. You have to... Yeah, yeah you're, you're taking yeah, up so, a slot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so one of the things Dentarian figured out... Uh, I think it was mostly Dentarian. I'm sure the other... We call them wizards on the team because these guys, they work in assembly. They don't work in actual programming language. They work in assembly, which is really? basically... Yes, like if in, like pretend you're going to the beach to build a sandcastle, okay? And you got sand, you got your buckets and your tools, whatever. That's how you build a sandcastle. Assembly is you go to the beach and you decide that you want to build a highway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's really not kidding. And it's, and it's and it's like you have everything you need to do it, but it's going to be an awful, painful, and tedious process, and you're not going to like it at all, and it's going to be terrifying. So we affectionately refer to the programmers in our team as wizards because no, they work in assembly. Absolutely. I mean, the stuff you guys. I mean, even with working in assembly, I, from what I've seen as like a as a casual, as a player of Project M, you guys have done some amazing like stuff that I've never seen in another like fan game. What? Sorry, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it is absolutely it's astounding. Ridiculous. It's definitely something that like shows off the talent. I feel like that's something you can put on your resume as something else oh. that you worked on, and it, you'd oh, get a job sure. at, at any studio. That's interested in hiring a good person that's willing to work on things because this, mm-hmm. this shows not only the fact that you're able to create new things on an existing format and like fit the style perfectly, but also fix errors that are going on. Like this is this we is have, impressive stuff. We have fixed glitches in Brawl while working yeah. on Project M. There's there's some glitch where I like I can re- never remember the details, but I always think of it whenever I try to talk about the topic. But there's something related to jumps and like multi jump characters, and there's like some flag that was supposed to be set only for multi jump characters to like make their multi jumps you know work yeah, like, better in the game and be more balanced, and it was completely flipped. So like that like inhibitor on multi jump characters was completely missing, and it's on normal jump characters and has no effect because they only have one double jump. So like oh. we've we've fixed silly stuff like that, and it's it's really funny, just mm. knowing those kind of things. Um, but yeah, like so the wizards on our team, I, I, Deterian, I think is the main guy behind the clone engine, which has allowed us to take the there was seven slots in the game of like discontinued characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, there was like there was Roy, there was Mewtwo. Uh, the other ones are not quite so clear. It's kind of theorized that there was. Uh, Toon Sheik and Toon Zelda. Yeah, plus oh, and as well as yeah, as well as a slot for plus or minus. Those like we're not sure about those ones. Uh, I think the Roy and Mewtwo slots. There, we're pretty sure yeah, were actually a thing that existed. But uh, basically, Dentarian through tons of work and terrifying whatever he had to do, probably had to sacrifice a goat to Satan or something. <laughs> but he managed he managed to make those slots usable so that we can add up the seven characters to the game. So as we as I'm sure some people know, we have added Roy and Mewtwo 
back into the so game. So you can add five more characters. We have five more slots that so we Wednesday could Ripley. potentially use. Is there any chance... It's too big. Is there any chance... Okay. I actually would love an explanation for that for Caleb because I kind of feel like Ridley might be an awkward character to put in this kind of game. Do you feel like that is the case in terms of like his character's design? And I'm going like to I'm going to speak like as a personal, on a personal level, of like complete, completely separated from the PMDT. On a personal level, from a game design perspective, I think Ridley is a really, really difficult, if not impossible, character to put into Smash because there are three things that make Ridley Ridley. He's strong, he he's fast, and he's big. And when it comes to Smash, if you put fast and big together, you get very broken character. You get a Bowser at the speed of Pikachu, and that's just and, not and you fair. you can't do that. I mean, Ganondorf is kind of pushing it. Yeah, so like Ridley <laughs> is a really tough concept to implement and still maintain the identity that he is Ridley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, uh, it's it's something some people have tried. I know I know there is a mod. I've out seen there I've seen a mod for Ridley, and it looked very awkward. I mean, I never yeah. asked for him to be balanced. I just asked for him to be in the game. <laughs> no. What if they made him terrible, Caleb? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you just want him there. He's just a punching bag. I, just, I need it for me. He's like the old family dog. You don't do anything with him anymore because he's too tired. But you know, you just like seeing him. <laughs> you just like having him around. <laughs> yeah. So. We added, we did the clone engine, which again, for a long, forever was thought to be literally impossible. And wizards on the team somehow figured that one out. And it hasn't been released yet, but in 3.6, we also brought back the stock icons that were in like melee and stuff. So like at the bottom of the screen, when you're in a match in brawl, for whatever reason, they just changed it to dots. Oh yeah. It's boring. And everybody always wanted like the stock character icons back. And a little bit of flair. Yeah, and yeah. forever it was it was thought that like, it's it's not something that can be done. It's completely impossible. And I think DS22 was the one who figured out how to actually get them back. And not only did he manage to get them back, but he also made it so that it worked with All-Star Versus, which for those who don't yes. know, is a mode that lets you pick a character for every stock. That's amazing. You basically took All-Star, but you reversed who's in control of what that system is, which mm-hmm. is incredible. I, I thought that was really. I thought it's a cool feature. Yeah, we actually but, show it off in the trailers. Uh, for and 2. I think it's 6. great, especially for like competitive scenes where you know they have like a, a big, basically five people from like each region, uh, representing their team. Um, I think it's oh, great no, for no, that. Th- that's crew battle. That's actually a completely yeah. different thing. Oh, is there? A, do you guys have a thing for crew battle as well? Yeah, we actually have a crew battle option where I didn't uh, know that when a match ends, the like the player that. Uh, did not lose will have the stocks that they had from the previous game still left over so that you don't have to go through the routine of like killing yourself off the edge of the stage crowd does a countdown you just you pick your next crew member and you go right into it so we actually added support for crew battle into the project m itself all-star versus is a completely different thing where you set the game to like four stocks and you can choose a character for each individual stock I would like to see, however, a better indicator that you've chosen people as characters, yeah, yeah. like either on the screen. Because I remember, I think Jake and I did. You were a little bit when brawl limit. When we were yeah, doing. that's where brawl limitations come in. We yeah, have, yeah, of course. Like we have very little control over the menus. Like that's that's kind of why the menu hasn't been changed that much, and that's kind of why there aren't really that many modifications for the general menus out there, is mm-hmm. because it's an ugly, terrifying mess under the hood for the menus. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a single 2D graphic on any of the menus in Brawl. Everything's like a 3D object with textures and, and like, vector really? graphics and stuff. It's it's terrifying and ugly and awful. 
Wow. It's scary. It's, it's scary. So I guess like the jump to Namco for Smash Four was a really good idea to like have it all on one team. It's it's a pretty smart idea, and it shows. Smash I mean, it, Four definitely it, feels pretty cohesive. It feels together. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I I personally have a question, if I may. Go ahead. I'm positive that you can say very little about this, and I totally respect that. But what can we hear? Like, what what sort of information can you give about the possibility of those five extra slots? Like, yeah, are we? Is there anything you can? Is tell there us? anything you can tell us about any character yeah. that you could possibly either hint at or tell us about? Whether or they're big or purple, <laughs> or if or if they have knuckles of some kind. Okay, okay, yes, Barney is coming in four. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, uh, or even uh, like when the, we the, could the... hear more about it, if, if possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, closer to 4.0. 4.0 is kind of going to be, if we add more characters, it'll be 4.0. When is 4.0 planning to come? Later, TM. Yay. So you heard it here first, folks. We, we just announced, we just, we announced 3.6, uh, in April. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're still trucking away on that, trying to get it out. So that's going to come out. And then hopefully 4.0 will be the update after that. We don't know how long it'll take. Uh, our what self-imposed you... restrictions for characters, as mm. I know you guys know, but for the yeah. listeners, is we are not going to backport any character that is a newcomer to Smash 4, and we will only consider adding a character that already appears in Brawl in some manner. With that being said... No assist you... trophies? Uh, assist trophies? They are fine. As long as the character appears in some way. If it's a sticker, assist trophy, an item, whatever. Mm. If it appears in Brawl in some way, it is it is up for grabs as a potential character consideration. And that being said, you can all sleep at night that we have probably considered everything in the game at some point or another already. Ephraim from Fire Emblem? Agents. Hmm? Ephraim from Fire Emblem? I don't know who that is. Okay, then you haven't considered everything. The Elite Beat Agents. <laughs> I haven't. I'm sure someone on the team has. Uh, like, we've, we've, we've gone through like the lists of 600 stickers in the game and be like, can we, can we do this character? If I may, could I... Um, and I'm sure this will go... like farther than this podcast but could i make a suggestion for a costume for a character just just a, an outward suggestion once again there are brawl limitations to the number of costumes we can add to a character so if it has an open slot that we can add a it's costume for, it's oh, for roy. that is a good question take feedback it's for roy uh wait uh, is it an awakening outfit yes it is he has an awakening color scheme he does yes in 3.5 he has an awakening color scheme for for the dlc is, really I never noticed. Yeah, he he he's he's colored like Awakening Roy, and I'm I I'm pretty sure we've said that the plan is to eventually have an actual Awakening costume. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But but for now, he has a color scheme. What characters? Okay. Since you mentioned the costume limitations, uh, what characters do have like? There's no space. There's like no possible way. Yeah, to they're done. Them. As far as you know, there's no possible way to add costumes to them. Uh. By the way, the the Pikachu Ash hat is one of the cutest things I've ever seen. It's so adorable. Oh, I love it. The ears. I think generally uh, characters have a limit of 10 costumes total. Okay. Oh, okay, that's Could not bad. Could you possibly like, remove know. a color to, like, get, to add a new one? Yes. Okay. No, no, but is there any character you know that has like no way to add anything? Uh, offhand, I couldn't really tell you. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I think as of three point five, a lot of characters are pretty are at or are very close to their limit at this point. Oh, okay. Okay. Alright. Uh, because like with three we added we added some costumes, like we did outset Toon Link, and mm-hmm. then with three point five we added like a green and red variation so that they work for team colors as right. well. So like I think he's out of slots at this point. Um one of the other things is that we can't do 
we can't do much more than like changing the model and the texture of the costume. We of like a, some of the some of the characters like for Dr. Mario, we just got really lucky that Brawl's infrastructure is set up in a way that we were able to like give him like pills and different sound effects. That mm. is by no means a norm when it comes to character costumes. That is just like Mario like, specifically yeah, yeah. was designed yeah, that's in a like, way. That's like we got lucky with Mario kind of deal. That's awesome. Yes. And I don't think we have any way. So you weren't kidding making... when you said that these characters are just designed like in insane ways because like yeah, one character like, differs from the other. That's, like, that's it's, crazy. It's, absolute, it's absolutely incredible the hurdles and like loopholes that this team goes through to get things to work in this game. <laughs> it's genuinely one of the biggest labors of love I've ever seen. It absolutely like, is. And, and here's the thing. I really like, don't want to like, be one of those people. people don't know, Project M is completely volunteer. Like, some of these people have... have can't get are, like, Yeah, like, they go to school and or work full-time and yeah. work on PM. The most they can hope for is someone recognizes their work as actually something that is worth uh, praise. Yeah. See, like, I really like, don't want to be one of those people who's like, oh, it's so much better than Smash 4. I'm not going to say that. I really love both those games on completely individual levels. But, it is. but like, when I see something... <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm biased. I'm not but... saying that. I, I love Smash Four, uh, but when I see something like the costumes, like take for instance Charizard and Mewtwo, yes, we were those, talking like, about movie this. costumes. It is such a, a a love letter to people who are fans of these characters in a way that like, and also like Smash the white suit for Samus. Smash Four, that light suit was just a white Samus. That wasn't the light suit. But I know, like for them, it's different. You know, they got a time schedule. They got to have this in and that in. But I don't know. Like, God just bless everybody like for the Samus costumes. Oh, they're they're oh yeah, fantastic. the Justin Bailey. Like oh god, you Man. guys are genuinely you... thank you for everything you do because you don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. you have never you seen had to do it, the updated did. fusion suit? No, oh, you mean where it looks just like Metroid Fusion? I'll drop a picture in the chat. I don't know if there's like a video. No, I, I mean, I've seen it where it, it literally looks like the actual fusion suit, not just blue Samus. No, it like we, we had an actual fusion suit in 3.0 and 3.5 or 3.6 is an actual, it's like an even better. Oh, wow. Version. This is actually a lot better. Oh, uh, you, yeah. So yeah. good. I'm going to cry. Yeah. Someone before call Sakurai. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a stunning. And actually this, this makes a lot more sense because I was kind of confused. I haven't played Metroid Fusion. Honestly, I played it. It's amazing. Uh, it's... Just because I don't have much of a background with Metroid, it's not my kind of game uh, <gasps> in general. Uh, I've talked about this with Caleb. Bad. Um, Bad <laughs> but like, this makes a lot more sense in terms of like Samus's co like at first, like with the the kind of one you had before that, it kind of seemed weird, a little bit like limmy, sort of like stringy as a character model. This makes a lot more sense. This makes, seems a lot more like a fusion as opposed to being uh, like a totally new suit. Yeah, and this stuff like this is really just the the product art team just really pushing the boundaries with what's possible in Brawl. Like we're 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 utilizing things in the game that I don't think any of the Brawl devs actually used at this point. Like when it, when it comes to certain shaders and things. Yeah, mm -hmm. and also it's, thank it's you for crazy. keeping in my two favorite stages because uh, pirate ship. I love that level. You kept it exactly the way it is. Thank you. And also, uh, everyone hates this level, but Summit is my favorite Smash Brothers. The ever. ice one. I love oh that my level god so it's much. funny it's funny I miss it I want it back in Smash 4 so badly yeah, pr project then we did get rid of it and we brought it back with three point the, the alternate stages are really cool I think that's a fantastic uh yeah I think it was in 3.6 I think it's fantastic like how many you guys have so many more stages and so much more variety that's the other thing I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be like mean to smash 4 uh because I do like it you're not hurting our feelings um no, <laughs> I mean 
I love it's, it. It's, it's Nintendo. It's a it's a good game. It was it's definitely a lot better than Brawl. It was a lot like a lot of people have to like admit. I think the Smash competitive scene was very was much more accepting to Smash they Four. Like the only people that are very like anti Smash Four are the melee diehards that Who's can't next? get over anything because they're stubborn pricks. And I'm sorry, but it's true. No, I don't like it. I, the melee fan base is one of the worst fan bases I've ever seen ever, and I will say that on the internet vocally. You guys find me. They're out they, they have they some of they, they they have the problems of every like passionate group. They're the extremists and they're the loudest. But anyway, yeah, yeah. um, the stage variety, like you guys give us, like there's actually a variety of stages. Like I actually feel like I can go in and I can choose different stages with different platform like changes and like moving platforms and things like that without it being uh, like getting in the way or like uh, giving too much of an advantage to one player. I mean, there's advantages to different types of stages because of the way that characters are designed. That, that's how it makes sense. And that's what I think that Smash 4 kind of missed because by making a Final Destination form of every stage and making that almost sometimes the only playable version of some yeah. stages, you give an advantage to you characters that are spacies and things like that that, that take mm-hmm. advantage of the one plane. That if take... they do something like alpha version stages where it's like Battlefield, like that, that'd be kind of cool. But at the same uh, time, they'd still keep the platforms still, like, in the same spots. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. Final Destination state, for, like Omega forms, kind of have a little bit changing in terms of size and like whether it's going to be a, like a standing platform or a floating one, like as if it's going to be like a pillar or it's going to be something that's floating in the middle of the, spa- of the uh, stage space. Um, but other than that, it's very, very like niche as to who has the advantage yeah. on the stages. I, I think Omega stages, it was a good move. It was it was obviously understanding the audience because he said you know he was tired of everyone playing Final Destination they weren't getting the full effect mm-hmm. but it's a little not fleshed out like like Adam was saying like you know the the Project M stages you have something like narrow minded it's the focusing too much on the issue and... but not as why the issue exists the other thing yeah, is yeah. that Final Destination probably isn't the like most neutral stage in the game oh no it's not it's battlefield it, i think in my opinion yeah yeah i think because battlefield would work battlefield it's by, had... it's by no means perfectly neutral but it's it's probably closest it's... than anything yeah this actually kind of shows Flat in project m because a lot of project m rule sets actually have final destination as a counter pick now really yeah so it's it's gotten to that point and another thing with project m is i think a lot of people they hear about it and they're like I, I don't really care about competitive Smash, and they like they need to understand that Project M's it is yes aimed towards being able to be played competitively, and it's like mm-hmm. balanced around it, but it's by no means like made in any way to exclude casual players. No, like, we, we I, didn't like we didn't like delete items and delete every stage. That's not no, you left viable. that as an option. Exactly, and, and I respect like, that in, because with three point five, we actually like uh, went through and fixed all the problems with Subspace Emissary that were all glitchy, so that people could play through Subspace Emissary, and of event matches as well we brought back event matches we were we replaced the ones that were like broken we we came up with some new ones i i gotta tell you guys i'm not a competitive smash player i'm good at the game i can win i'm good at it but ask me about l canceling is right now i don't know i don't know what that <laughs> you're is you're good at the Cancel you're good at the casual the levels <laughs> yeah yeah like i know i know my stuff and like i went into project m not really knowing like what it was geared towards like the first time i played it with with people like competitive people I picked a stage on page two, and he was like, oh, you're a page two guy. And I was like, wait, is there a difference? And then, like, <laughs> I was I was specifically told right there, page one is for competitive, and page two is more casual. And, like, I really like that you guys kind of have this, like, seamlessness. Kind of like how Melee did, even, where it was like, I didn't play Melee competitively when I was 11, but I got the same casual ex- enjoyment that I got out of Brawl. Is there any know? chance, by the way, that you guys could fix Corneria? Because I love that stage. <laughs> 
Like, please. Oh, really quick, because I know we're, we're pressed for time. Oh. How many more stages do you guys think you can add? We can't add stages guys... at this point. Can you edit stages? There, the, the, the technical uh, requirements are there to be able to add stages to the game. But in order to do that, it requires uh, messing with the save data. Okay. To like to like store the information like for what like the music levels that play on it and whatever. Right. And f- we we absolutely make sure to avoid messing with the brawl save file because there's just a lot of ways that that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And like we we do everything we can to make prep them as like seamless and a simple light and straightforward and like yeah and, like can't break anything or whatever. Like you're you're not going to ever do any damage by trying to play it's Project a, M. It's a hat mod as opposed to being like a parasitic or a fused mod. Where it's yeah. like once you put it on, you can't take it off without destroying yeah. both the hosts. We, we get a lot of questions. Of people a- we get questions of people asking, like, "Is this permanent?" It's like, no. You launch it, and when you turn off the Wii, it's gone. Yeah. Um. So, well, like, let me, let me, let me ask you. Uh, Corneria's stage is rife with problems. I'm sorry for those of you who are listening. We're just gonna uh, last question. I'm gonna have, and then I mean, this has to be done. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you have any podcast topics, theme songs, submissions, anything like that. Send us to us at ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. That's ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Um, but anyway, uh, Warchamp, the Sage Corneria is a stage that's rife with problems. There's a reason why no one really wants to play it. I like it because I like the music. I like the ship. Um, yeah. It's not I, perfect, I, I, but I do like the fact that it's like an uneven terrain, which makes it a very different kind of play. It makes it more unique. It's something that you, you don't see in almost any other stage. Um, There's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> there is a um would it be possible to move the ship down or to raise the ceiling in some way um yeah and then also to fix the cor- the uh the wing clip thing the it's uh the the, the problem is that the the fin on the back has this curve that allows a lot of attacks to just bounce people up and down so there's like infinite combos going on down there so you can basically zero to death someone is there any way to fix those two issues to basically make the stage playable? Why don't you tech them? <laughs> I you mean, this is not my this is not my complaining. This is what people have said on the competitive Just side. End, like end the show with that. This... End the show with that. With why don't you tech them? Yes. <laughs> That's the the problem. I I'm not going to because the issue is not on me. This is what the competitive scene has complained about when I asked them about it. Why doesn't anyone play Corneria? Because it's broken. Because it has all these problems. It's like... The biggest problem is that pit off to the right. Like, the, the difference between that. Like, one, yeah. like if, if someone's down there, it's super, super hard to approach them down there. Right. That's the biggest problem. It's not the lip or the wall or whatever. It's the fact that there's that height differential and there's no other way to get there than to drop down into whatever they want to hit you with. Right. right. Um, How would you fix I, that? You would could, you add a platform like... or would you have to just yeah. get rid of it? It's called you, playing a different stage. Yeah, have you'd, you'd have to gut the stage to fix that. I have a recommendation for that, actually. What is your recommendation, Jake? What if uh, our wings, what if our wings uh, kind of flew through the bottom and you can kind of use them to get to the other side without having to drop in on them? Obviously, that's a bit complicated. That's a lot of work. Eh, yeah, I guess. Just a moving platform of some kind. I don't know. Uh, yeah, a moving platform, actually, like in uh, New Pork City. Honestly, like the the infinites and whatever, and like you know, knocking someone off that wall is honestly like the entire charm of that stage and what makes it a fun, fun. I thing like to that. Just mess no, I like on. that stage. I like a lot of things about it. I just, I'm just asking in terms of like, there are problems that people have with it. Would it be possible to fix them? If not, I'm just, not, I'm just curious. We could. We probably won't. Okay. <laughs> I like that answer. And on that note, 
Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining me. This has been a fun episode. We went a little bit over time. Uh, no. uh, Warchamp is but... one of my favorite guests you've had here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Warchamp here. seven. Yay, Warchamp seven. Pacifist I did three. good. The core <laughs> of the night being, why don't you tech? <laughs> <laughs> Can I plug everything? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 do it, man. Common topic right. of the week, by the way. Are you a kid or a squid? Um, but yeah, if yeah, I can link everything down below so you can just say what you want them to check out and all. Okay. So just... Yeah, go ahead and say it. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, if you play Smash, either competitively or just for fun, or you just want to learn more about the game, learn speak with more people who play it, smashboards.com. Uh, if you haven't picked up Splatoon, please do so. And then you can also join the community at squidboards.com. If you have a Smash Get in account. on the competitive scene before it gets too big. Ranked matching before, just started. Before it exists. <laughs> yeah, it's it's about to start, uh, I think. If you have a Smashboards account, you can actually log into Squidboards with it. It makes it nice and seamless and nice. painless and nice. easy. Uh, if you haven't played Project M and you own a copy of Brawl and a 2 gigabyte or less SD card, it's as simple as downloading it to the SD card, plugging it in, and opening the stage builder in Brawl. Uh, you can get it and find out more, projectmgame.com. You can follow me everywhere on the internet at Warchamp7. Literally everything on the internet. Including uh, Periscope? Probably. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much JD. for joining us. Com. This is a fun episode. This is episode 39. Uh, Wait, no. I got to have that answer. Are you on jdate.com? Or Farmers? <laughs> What's the URL? I'll sign up right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Have a good night. Hey. Don't forget to tag. Never forget to tag.
this is fun. This find is me fun. on Christian Mingle. Dot <laughs> 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 com slash Warchamp7. I, I set up a date with you. You never responded. Hey. You like gold? <laughs> All right.